So the question was, if you had to fight to the death with four-year-olds, how many can you take on at a time? <laughs> Lee is in for 20. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the RC Roundtable Podcast, where we discuss the latest RC hobby news, events, model reviews, and a whole lot more. Well, howdy, y'all. Welcome to episode number 148 of the RC Roundtable. Vince Walker and that gentleman with the whip is Lee Ray. Howdy, partners. And Terry's back. Terry Don is back with us. I never left. Oh wait, I did, didn't I? Okay, fine. I'm back. Oh, he's in this with in our hearts. Yes. Tell me more about that whip. (laughs) Sticks and stones like break my bones, the whips and chains. Oh no. (laughs) no. We took a drastic left turn. <laughs> All right. Well, let me let me wash that bad joke out of your mouth. When we have uh, joining us a very special guest, a gentleman we spent the last seventeen hundred miles with, Kirk Jensen. Hello hey, there, Kirk. Hey, hey, Kirk. Thanks for joining us. Kirk Thank is you. a old buddy pal of ours, and uh, also he's known as uh, was it the CD MC, the guy, the main cheese that ran. The best event for the past umpteen years. And he ran it again last year. He ran it again. Did now he he's year? like, now he's president. Oh, well, Presidente of the uh, Tri-Counter Bonnerstormers Club. Is that correct? That's correct. There's another yeehaw for you right there. Uh, yeah, man. Oh, all this power. I try to leave. They just keep bringing me back. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, thanks for joining us, Kirk. You're welcome. And uh, we'll get into. Oh, I'm glad you're joining us again. This time on Memorex, uh, we'll get into reason why Kirk is here and uh, and our adventures and traveling in a moment. Uh, but before we start, uh, I think uh, I we have to get into something um, that we really need to address. But before that, I think we need a, an intro. I'm sorry. So sorry. Yes, we're sorry. Yeah, that too. So we, in Lee's and Terry's absence, apparently we were, we were missing two thirds of our brain because Lee and I, and the last show, we made one and a half foobars. Egregious errors. Egregious errors. And so uh, in interest of being accurate, we thought the first thing we would do was correct I'm not apologizing. those errors. <laughs> in fact, the first one is all Lee's fault. Yeah, he led you down that path, if it's the one I'm thinking of. Yes, he did. I was so, screaming at my radio when I heard that. I'm not wrong. And shaking my <laughs> finger at it. I'm just less right. <laughs> less right. <laughs> You're just not not right. Go no, ahead and follow no. the sword, Fitz. You got this. Okay. So we had a couple, we had a discussion on the new E-Flight T-28. In which we had a discussion about whether or not uh, the previous versions had retractable landing gear and flaps. And uh, I thought they did. Lee said, no, they didn't. And I, and I sheepishly went along with him. You see what your, your parents tell you about uh, having the wrong type of friends. Uh, it turns out, and we were admonished by it, 
that the, the earlier versions of the T20, of course, did have landing gear and flaps, uh, retractable landing gears. The previous version did. And so we just want to make a correction that, hey, sometimes even we mess up. Right, Lee? The I cricket? would turn that, the I would say sound? sometimes we get it right. <laughs> sometimes we get it less right than normal. Yeah. Or more right. Yeah. Wait, less, like, more right? More like, or less yeah, right? Yeah. Every now and then we get lucky. This was not one of those times. <laughs> you really hype this into something it doesn't need to be. The The error is we thought, or okay, I'll just say it. I thought that the previous version did not have retracts. I was wrong. I apologize. Does it make a big deal in your life? Absolutely not. <laughs> so <laughs> if you like retracts and you have the previous versions, congratulations. I am still stuck with fixed landing gear on mine. <laughs> I don't know. All the RC airplane speculators were uh, changing their prices on used T28s based on that information. So we we tipped the market with that podcast. Yeah, really? Yeah. Like pork bellies and cow futures? This is, yeah. Uh, yeah. Be careful. So was well, that the only one? One more. We had a rather um, passionate email. Oh, now wait a minute. <laughs> Now, wait a minute. I am not apologizing for that one. I will no. say I was wrong about the T28, but I'm I, I'm going to stand my ground because we were testing it. And by the way, we haven't finished testing that or proving our, our theory or case, so to speak. So I think that's like still out. We can still recover from that. Okay, so let's back up. And I got your back, Lee, on this one. All right. Only one. Uh, this is when we were discussing the quote unquote safe and unsafe modes of the, uh, what was that plane cannon called? I forgot the name. The arrow scout. Arrow, arrow scout. scout. Yes. The, the 1.1 meter arrow scout, I think. Uh, so the larger arrow scout, uh, apparently has a new type of programming in its receiver. And we were really unsure what to really call it because it wasn't, it was, a sort of safe mode, but it wasn't quite a safe mode. And I guess we weren't explaining it quite well enough because uh, we had a, a listener that misunderstood what we were trying to say, and uh, he was rather adamant about uh, our lack of intelligence. Well, I think I, he's I, a diplomat, some sort I, of I, ambassador. Well, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna call him out, but I'm going to say his name because I want to thank him, Tracy. Thank you because you're a listener. You yes. were, you left us a comment, and we're listening and we're responding. And so I'm not like saying you're wrong. That's not what I'm trying to say. But I'd love to show you when we get a chance to do this, the video and the documentation we recovered from the manual that says that this AS3X is a heading hold feature. It has nothing to do with safe, which which is what we confirmed. Yeah, and we were, I guess we we're trying to explain that. I guess we weren't very good at explaining that or ham-fisted in doing it. And that, it, yes, it, this is a basically a heading hold function. So you, it was an active control, um, a little bit like safe, but it, it didn't have the self-writing properties that safe does. And that's basically, I think what we were trying to say, but it so, may have come off crosses, not that. What I understood from the conversation was even when you had the switch in the position where you thought safe was off, there was still some safe-like thing happening. Yes. Beyond what AS, what you know AS3X to do for you. Correct. AS3X so, is just a gyro, just sort of rate gyros. It just yeah, it damps uh, out the bumpy air. Right. This was a full PID uh, closed loop control setup so that when you banked the plane, it would hold that bank and wouldn't 
uh, it wouldn't self-level, but it wouldn't let you out of that bank either. It would hold that position, as in the heading hold, like a tail rotor and a, and a helicopter heading hold gyro. It would just hold that, and it would it would fly that way forever, theoretically. All right. And so Tracy might be aware, it's like, oh, well, we, that's been around for a long time. And I understand that. But every AS3X plane I've flown since the Aero Scout or before, prior to the Aero Scout was not like that. So this was new to us. I have been flying the Aero Scout probably with this heading hold and not really noticing a difference because I've always flown it in, in expert mode. So, you know, it's, or turned off safe. And so I just assumed it was just stabilization. But I tend to fly the Aero Scout with my hands on the sticks the entire time. So it's not like I'm pushing it somewhere and then letting go and watching it fly. I'm I'm doing aggressive flying because it's, you know, it's that much fun. But I, I think uh, Fitz and I, we've got a project ahead. We've got a hobby view video <laughs> or put a couple of AS3X planes side by side and show what this is all about. Yeah, it really needs to be seen because I, likely I had never seen this particular control setup before either in any of the E-flight planes. And I can only speculate why they did it. I have some ideas why they may have done it in a particular model. But yeah, it was it is so far unique to that model as far as I can tell. Kirk, what do you think? Well, hearing your descriptions, it sounds like it's got a heading hold, not a compass heading hold, but an, an attitude hold, like you could put it in a knife edge and it would fight to stay in that knife edge once you took your hands off the sticks. Yeah, I agree. And that's, in fact, I, I think I called it an attitude hold when we had our first conversation. Exactly, yeah. Because we had it in a bank turn, we let go of ailerons and we just applied elevator and it stayed. All right, all right. You guys are just yapping. So video or... You're it didn't crazy. happen. Yeah. <laughs> or you still don't know what you're talking about. <clears throat> and, and the best part is that Austin's still right. <laughs> so, he's trying to put me in my place. So I have to say, yeah, okay, Austin, you were right. There's something something odd is afoot. Yeah, something's <laughs> rotten in Denmark. Strange things are afoot. Okay. So I think that was really the only two things I wanted to talk about. So we wanted to just clarify. Hopefully we did. Probably didn't, but hopefully we did <laughs> uh, from our last episode. See what you missed, Terry? Yeah, you I, for one I know. Episode? The fact checker was gone, and you guys paid the price. Oh, man. Down in flames. Dang. That sounded like a sorry, not sorry, though, from you. Uh, for the second one? Yeah. Yeah, we're not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think we ever claimed to be the the authority on anything. No. Maybe no, at times. Just we apologize for any misunderstandings, of course. <laughs> yeah. Well, the badge I bought on eBay says I'm an authority. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got this mug that says I'm the number one dad. Oh, man. Mine says number two. Yeah. They only sell one of the number ones. <laughs> <laughs> one of a kind mug. Yep, they're serialized. All right, uh, Fitz, get us moving. All right. So, as I alluded to at the very beginning, Lee and Kirk and I, we went on a long trip. We headed east to the the peachy state of Georgia, to Perry, Georgia to be exact, which is just south of Atlanta, to the Perry Swap Meet. Uh, and we had heard this was a legendary swap meet, and I think those terms were correct. This uh, was just an amazing event, and we decided to... Lee and I first decided to go, we we're going to carpool, drag a trailer, just kind of have some fun. And then we got crashed by Kirk, who said he also wanted to come. <laughs> <laughs> was he thumbing a ride yeah. on the side of I-45? Yeah, some guy was thumbing a ride. He looked familiar. So uh, so it was great to have three 
plenty of drivers and uh, lots of great conversations. I, I really don't know where to start. Where should we start, Lee Kirk? With uh, should we start at the very the, beginning? The size of it is just incredible to me. I've been to Toledo, I don't know, four or five times, and the building we were in was larger than Toledo with more tables. And at one point I said to you, Fitz, I said, this, this building is incredible. It's packed. And you said, well, have you been to the other building? I said, there's another one. <laughs> yeah, there's two more. Wow. And uh, it, it was just amazing. There's 300 plus tables in our, our uh, building alone. Yeah, I think they said they had just over a thousand tables and they were all sold out. Now, is there any organization of what's present in each building or is it just a... Uh... I'm free for all. It's stuff. Okay. Yeah, it's a free for all. <laughs> all right. That's probably a good way to do it because you end up going to everything. Yeah, you really need to go to all three buildings in multiple times in multiple parts of the day, and then right. go again when you thought you've went enough because stuff kept showing up. You, you'd miss things. It was just so much. You know, when I first got there, I, I sort of blew through the other two buildings pretty quickly just to kind of get a quick uh inventory of what's there just get in see what i can find and then later on i went through again and again and again and kept walking around multiple times if you need to get your steps in this is the place to go to because you can <laughs> take a pedometer and <laughs> walk several miles easily <laughs> all right so i've got a few upfront questions uh how long was the drive for you guys 13 or 14 hours one way okay and that's what stops and all that i think good it was a little longer than that yeah, push. with stops and everything. I guess we left at six in the morning and we didn't get there till nine. We actually got there at ten, but we lost an hour. Oh right, right. Okay. Yeah, we lost an hour. But I think we we took more time getting in and getting back. Probably because we stopped at a restaurant going there, which took some yes. time. We <laughs> Kirk had to do it back. Kirk had to do a deal on the side of the road. I did. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I hope this is about airplanes still. <laughs> yeah, Kirk, yeah. You I, talk about I, that. I had posted on, uh, well, thanks to Lee's tip, I posted on RC groups of some stuff that was going to be at Perry. And I ended up selling uh, a few, well, probably three or four big things, one of which the guy agreed to meet right on I-10 in Mississippi. And uh, we met basically in front of a Cracker Barrel and then went in and ate. Hmm, that's pretty convenient. Yeah, Fitz yep. and I opened the back of the trailer. Says, anything else you want to buy? <laughs> and you turned us down, damn it. <laughs> All right, so you said you took the trailer with you. Does that mean you were expecting to bring a lot of stuff home or you took stuff there to sell? What was your game plan going into this? Hmm. Well, I think a little bit of both. It made it easier to transport stuff, especially when Kirk joined us with some extra stuff so we could pack the trailer. And I guess also to give us options in case we saw something we wanted to bring back uh, and we needed extra Foreshadowing, room. we did. Yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Spoilers, it came in real handy. <laughs> Stay tuned. That, that trailer was much fuller on the way home. That's good to know. <laughs> yes. So, Lee, was the Suburban as full as it was when you left uh, Edgewater? Oh, heck no. Okay. <laughs> Except I had another, I had another human being. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I take that yeah. back. There was a kid back there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> same, well, half a human. It was very comfortable. We had a, I mean, we didn't take up much space in the Suburban, and thankfully because we had the trailer. Yeah, that's good. So, all right. So, um, tell me about it. Walk me through it. It was huge. <laughs> well, Enormous. you know, 
I wrote this down. I, I took a couple of notes, but we asked this question, I think, to each of us. I said, you know, compared to the largest swap meet you've attended before, how much bigger would you say this one was? Fitz, I think you said six to seven times. Something like that. Yeah. See, I was thinking five times bigger than, um, oh gosh, darn, what's the one up near Fort Worth? Weatherford. Uh, Weatherford. Yeah. Because yeah. with Weatherford being in the entire cafeteria, you had the gym, you had the hallways. I think it's, I mean, for me, Terry, I'd say it's five times bigger than that. Okay. Well, since we're making those comparisons, what is the setup like? Do you, as a seller, do you buy a table and that's it? Or do you have to pay a fee for each thing? And as a, a buyer, what's the, the setup? Sure, I understand the question. I mean, you buy tables. What are, how does the club make their money? Are they just selling tables and then there's a cover charge for buyers? Yeah, I think there's a, an entry fee for people who are not vendors. Or, okay. And then you pay per table. As a seller, you buy a table to sell your goods and that's it? Yes. Okay. And I assume there are none of those pesky tax men about. Uh, I, I think, uh, well, before you get there, I think even if you buy a table, you have to buy an entry ticket as well. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Like, you know, when when we got there on every single tabletop, there was a Georgia state tax form tap, taped to it. But as far as I know, every one of them got thrown away. I never heard another thing about it. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, it was, I guess the club's responsibility is to provide you the forms and it's up to you to fill them out and yeah. submit them. Yeah, they ain't the police. No, no, nor could they be with so many people. Yeah. So I have to say it, it seemed to be fairly well run though. I mean, they had the, um, the, the club, uh, staff, they all had the uh, same colored hats. These bright was orange hats that they wore with symbols on them. They, uh, they seemed to be very rigid on the setup and startup times and, uh, organizing. Oh, <laughs> I guess we should go back to when we first arrived on Friday morning. Or, or do we go back to Waffle House? Well, well okay, so yeah, so I guess we should go. So, so the, the setup time on Saturday, on Friday, is like uh, eight o'clock in the morning. Well, correctly. clarify for me: the event is a Friday Saturday deal. Yes, Friday Saturday. Not, no Sunday. For, no Sunday. Okay. For the public, it opens at eleven, if I remember correctly, on Friday, and eight on Saturday. Okay. And so we said, okay, well, the setup time is. They said, you know, don't get. Uh, don't get to, I think it was eight for everybody setting up. So, uh, don't get there before eight roughly. And so, uh, that morning we went out to the waffle, as Lee says, the waffle house. Well, we went, <laughs> our hotel, um, breakfast, the continental breakfast was, uh, not very continental. So we decided to walk, well, just drive like literally across the street to the, uh, waffle house and have breakfast there. At which point Lee met somebody he knew. Yeah, Joyce Hager, who works for the AMA, she was there with her husband. And it just, it was just, you know, she was walking out and she talked to me and said hello. And I think that's when she asked me to to give a speech for the AMA <laughs> that day. I was like, oh, <laughs> sure, sure. But what was great, and you guys might have to remind me, was was it goat and sheep? Was that Are the you goat? Sure you want to give away llamas. your secrets here? Goat <laughs> it and involved llamas. llamas. <laughs> goat, goats and llamas. Well, well, I think you need to clarify that this whole event was held at an ag. Oh, area. thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like okay. agricultural fairgrounds. Yes. Yeah. Kind of an agricultural fairground, but very nice one. Yeah. Very large. Yeah. 
Yeah, very good. Uh, but she had mentioned that uh, people who were vendors, I guess, and, and the AMA, those who had bigger setups, were allowed to park in another area. Well, guys, when we left the Waffle House and we drove to the the Georgetown Convention, well, the ag area, the line to get in was enormous, uh, at least a mile. Is that what we thought, guys? If not half yeah. a mile? Yeah. yeah, it's no exaggeration. It was as long as we could see up to the horizon. It was at least a mile. Yeah, no, a line of cars, not people, but cars Trucks and trailers. Trucks with trailers. Cars Trucks and trailers. trailers. Yeah. yeah. So when we went in, you're actually like kind of splitting a loop and you're going in and this guy's directing traffic. But as we drove and we're thinking, oh, my God, we got to get to the end of this line. We saw the sign that Joyce mentioned, <laughs> the goats and llamas sign. And Kirk is just like breathing down my neck going, go, take it right. <laughs> and man, I tell you, the peer pressure was on that day. So I went ahead and turned right. I'm sure the guy back there was screaming at me. Oh, you're not supposed to go there. So we're going down this road. We see nothing. I mean, we see a lot of pickups and horse trailers. We don't know where we're going. So I called Joyce and I said, Joyce, we're, <laughs> we're in the goat llama zone. Where do we go from here? And she said, uh, really, she, you fell for that? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's a rookie move, man. She um, she she guided us to the door where her car was. I mean, literally feet from the entrance, and we parked uh, in this little like RV section, right? I mean, it's like the yeah, end. Yeah, of the yeah. There's several RV connections there. Yeah. Yeah. So we just parked at the end of this, and Joyce was there, you know, waving us in, and we, you know, we were allowed in as. I don't know, VIPs, I guess. And I'll tell you, that was the best place. <laughs> now, you guys you can't do AMA that. Pass. Yeah, let me, let's like a uh, little note here, guys. For those of you listening, you can't go down that road unless you are with like the AMA. And I had my AMA badge and Joyce was letting us in because we were setting up the booth. So you had to be a vendor there who was setting up. And that's why we got in early. But had she not told us, we would have never known. And that would have been a long line to be in. But what are we like, 75 feet from the door after we parked? <laughs> Oh, maybe 30. Oh, no, yeah. it's a little bit more than that. But anyway, we were, let's just say we were very, very close to the front door. Thank goodness. And you may have seen, Terry, when I walked in, I did post a photo of the empty tables just to show you the first room and how how large it was. And then within an hour or two, those tables filled up. All right. So for next year, when you get there early, I want you to set up a GoPro on a tripod and do a time lapse of the setup. As people fill in and start taking up oh, tables. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. Be pretty neat. Yeah. All right. Continue. Okay. So where were we? Um, after we get in, we talked about how big it was. Yeah. Uh, yes. Miss anything? I mean, we set up the, uh, Lee was helped setting up the AMA booth. Uh, Kirk and I went. Uh, we had uh, our, our buddy Tom was supposed to be there and he couldn't make it. Uh, him and, and Richard, they had uh, some sort of uh, family issues. So uh, Tom graciously, thank you, Tom, let us use his table. So we uh, we found his table, which was fortunately in the same building and right and very close to the AMA table. So we could set up our wares to, to sell. Stars the really aligned for you guys. Yeah. And uh, pretty quickly, uh, Lee mentioned that he had posted online about things he was selling. I did the same thing. End up to selling two of my planes before I got there. Well, selling one and tra trading the other. <laughs> uh, and so pretty quickly. But, uh, but you, you didn't mention the really creative part <laughs> to the same guy. 
oh yeah, you sold the <laughs> boat and I sold a, a plane to the same guy. <laughs> same guy on RC groups, exactly. Oh, you didn't yeah. know that until you got there? Yeah, it wasn't coordinated. Yeah. yeah. Huh, interesting. Uh, and so I was surprised because I, had, I hadn't wandered off and Lee calls me and says, hey, the guy's here. I was like, really? <laughs> so it showed up pretty early. Nice guys. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm less two, well, less one plane. The other one really wanted to trade. So he, um, I no longer have the Kafir conversion of my Mirage. And uh, he made me a really nice deal for the um, E-Flight T-28, as a matter of fact. So that's how you know about the previous versions. Yes. <laughs> I now have one. That's With how committed retracks. you are to finding the right information. Yeah, research, man. Research. I'll go all in. Uh, so that was kind of nice to basically immediately um, get relieved of uh, at least a plane and a half. Uh, so I don't know where else do we go from here. I mean, it was just a sort of a whirlwind of stuff that we. All right, I'm going to guide you with my yeah. curiosity. So you guys, this was not just a joyride. You had some responsibilities while you were there. So what were you beholden to do before you were off shopping? Uh, so we did a live broadcast with uh, what was his name, Lee? I forgot his name. Tony Stillman. Tony Stillman, who he had a long title, <laughs> exactly what he did. <laughs> long and distinguished title. He had a long distinguished title. I watched a video. We did a live show. Uh, Lee was the cameraman and I kind of co-hosted with him as we walked around the, the different buildings on Friday. And that was kind of neat. We, he was uh, real good at uh, interviewing different people, talking about things. We, we just had a great, uh, great little quick walk around. I don't think it was terribly long, a half an hour maybe. I think. Oh, almost an hour. It was almost an hour. Okay, man. It yeah, we need by. to have. Sorry for the. I'm going to do a lot of detours here, so bear with me. But um, we need to have Tony on the show one time because you know, he runs Radio South, which is a radio repair slash upgrade company for yeah. you know, RC radios. So he's done that forever and ever. But also, I met him a long time ago, at least remotely, when he and I both wrote for RC Report together. Oh. And that was still a thing. And so I ended up meeting him face-to-face once he started working with the AMA. But anyway, he's good people, has tons of interesting stories, so we should have him on the show. That's a good point. I'd like to ask him a lot more about his Radio South work, too, as well. Yeah. So this video that you guys did, is that on the AMA's YouTube or Facebook or something? It's on YouTube, on the AMA's YouTube channel. Okay, we'll put a link to that then. And I think, Lee, said you said you had a speech or something at one point? Well, we were supposed to have a meeting, an AMA meeting, at 1 o'clock at the AMA booth for you know AMA members and uh, district VPs or something like that. And so <laughs> it's like one came, I'm looking around, no one's there. And I went up to the, the desk and said, hey, guys, we did, were we supposed to have a meeting? I said, well, only if you want one. Here's the microphone. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, I Four score and, and seven years ago. Well, it's like I, I was I was kind of stumped there. So I was like just thinking for a second, what do I want to say? So I said something just like, hey, guys, why don't you come over and talk with us and put the mic down. When I got back, like two of the guys who were supposed to be there had left. You know, I think Eric Williams walked off and Andy Griffith. So uh, <laughs> I was just kind of by myself. Uh, but hey, real quick shout out though to the AMA. So Joyce was there, Tony Stillman, Eric Williams, Lawrence Harville, and Andy Griffith. Uh, great representation for the AMA. They were constantly talking with people and having a good time. In fact, Andy came into both of our videos, both for the AMA and for RC Roundtable. 
that he did. I know Andy as well, and you guys know this because I told you already, and you mentioned it in the video, but um, I also know Andy from uh, magazine work, but I've met him in person because he is in the same club that my uncle is in, in Jacksonville, Florida. So mm. I've run into him a time or two out there. He's also good people. He yeah. is. Yeah. He's a I like how he would joke that he had a TV show in the 60s. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he gets that all the time. Well, he yeah, says it I, every time. Yeah, it's good that he owns it. <laughs> yeah, I think he just, he heads you off at the pass. <laughs> yeah. And Eric Williams is my district VP, so I run into him a lot too. Hmm. And we interviewed him, right, when he was running for AMA president. Yada, yada, yada. Once again, we have to comment that this RC community is a small, incestuous crowd. You just okay. can't get away from us. Well, a little bit of humor. So I saw Eric Williams speeding by me Friday morning. <laughs> I was trying to catch him. He had one of those little scooters, those little tiny scooters, but I swear he upgraded it from like 24 volts to 96 volts because it was, it was screaming <laughs> between the tables. It was like, a Eric, 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 oh wait, Eric. <laughs> yeah, it was, shopping. It was, it was cruising, man. <laughs> he, took, he took the governor out. I mean, it was fast. <laughs> All right. Not a bad idea around there. Yeah, right. So, yeah. So, the, the, the swap meet had a, a mixture of vendors and non-vendors and semi-vendors and personal, non. people's personal. Who were non-vendors? People who's cleaning out their garage and attics. And oh, you mean basements. like businesses, like shops, brick and mortar Yeah, yeah. There's some, there some businesses plus. there. There was gotcha. um, Micro Fasteners was there. Futaba was there. Uh, was it Grayson Hobbies? Correctly, was there. Yep. Uh, and another guy. Oh God, I have his card. I forgot his name. Another vendor who makes a lot of cables. A couple of different vendors that did that stuff. Uh, so it was neat to see. It was a mixed crowd of, of stuff. Yeah, but did they have Oriental massages there? Uh, I'm sure if you paid somebody enough, they would do it for you. <laughs> Remember, they had that at Expo West. Oh, that's right. They did. <laughs> I thought that was odd. I was like, okay. <laughs> they were busy the whole time. Uh, yeah, I guess, uh, you know, you need to grandpa needs his corns massaged or something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, okay. So, uh, um, well, we're deviating. I was asking about your responsibilities. So you told me what you did, Fitz. Lee, what yeah. was your uh, charge? I don't think I understand the question. Like, was I... Was Actually, well, I, I did one more thing. I did my own personal quick video oh you did one for hobby view i did a hobby view live not very long oh i didn't catch that one uh yeah it only, only lasted like 10 15 minutes but the neat thing is what i at least had one or two people said hey i saw the video and i came down because i wasn't really sure if i wanted to go until i saw the they happened to catch it oh so no they, kidding so yeah so the the gamma club owes me some some yeah you got to get a cut of the door yeah i, I need a finder's fee for a couple of event, a couple of attendees yeah so, Lee, my question is, knowing that this wasn't a purely um, fun trip for you, you had some responsibilities, what what work-related things did you do while you were there? Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I did walk around. I talked to some folks. I took lots of photos to share on the AMA Facebook page and Instagram. And I had that mini uh, meeting <laughs> for, for like two people. Hear ye, um, hear ye. But I had fun talking with the VPs. In fact, Lawrence Harville was great. And I love that you had uh, the same story between Kirk and uh, Fitz like I had with Lawrence. When I met Lawrence, we were at the big building. 
And I said, so have you had a chance to walk around yet? He goes, yeah, it's a huge building. I said, but have you seen the other buildings? He goes, there's other buildings? We should mention Lawrence is at the, the District 7 VP for Texas. Eight. District, District, District 8. eight. Sorry, or District 8. So it was a, kind of a surprise to him, too. He drove all the way from Texas as well. So Yeah, fun guy. Yeah, lots of fun. So I did that, and I did the video with Tony and Fitz, which, by the way, Fitz, you did a great job. Thank you for filling in for that spot. And I'm <laughs> we had a, a little technical snafu. No one really said anything during the live show, uh, but I had ordered cables to make the Rode Go 2 microphones that I had that we used for the Roundtop RC Expo. With to work with my phone so I could do the live show. Now, before I had been doing it with my Sony video camera and just recording it and then editing it later and then uploading it. So we wanted to make sure we did it live. But for some reason, the way my receiver was programmed when Tony, you know, when y'all two were talking, Tony's mic was not recording to YouTube. It was recording to the receiver, but it didn't go out the channel. So we made a change. It worked for the RC Roundtable one. But thankfully, thankfully, Matt from AMA, he, uh, I uploaded the, audio files and send them to him and he corrected the video online which was good i'm glad i that's a great feature by the way just kind of those, i know it's not a commercial sponsor but the the new road go to mics will record if you program it to record instantly when they see the receiver and that saved my butt you know it was great so i was able to just take download them real quick to the laptop and upload them and uh that's just a wonderful feature so i really like those and i think like if you saw the RC roundtable video, it, it it goes real well. You know, Fitz was well heard, and you know the second mics, second microphone is always good to have. Not necessarily to listen to me talk because I like to just sit there and videotape Fitz, but to have it for uh, another person who might be interviewed. You think you could have imagined that five or ten years ago? Yeah, we were at the swap meet and we were streaming HD video while recording high definition audio <laughs> through wireless stereo. Mics onto my phone. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna end it with this. I hope everybody who's listening has had a chance to go look at the YouTube video. Uh, it's gotten a lot of nice hits, and you know I'm sure people like it who have never had a chance to go. And Fitz, again, you did a great job describing it and having fun with it. But I think the hilarious part was we had done an almost an hour's worth of recording. We're coming to the back of this the Laura the the large building. And we get to the like the out exterior wall where there's glass windows and everything. And I was backing up trying to get Fitz, and I I ran into a table, and Fitz was like, "Whoa, there!" And then we lost <laughs> cell phone service. <laughs> and I was like thinking people probably thought I like fell over or something and right. stepped on a plane, whatever. Uh, not too far from the truth, but um, anyway, it just died on us. So that's just one of those yeah. unfortunate mishaps. And unfortunately, too, because we were just about to interview one of the staff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it would have been an interesting conversation. And like, yeah, Kevin Volto. Yeah. Oh, well. Okay, so those were your jobs. Um, you know, Wait, this could go on all night. Kirk, you didn't ask Kirk job. Kirk, well, Kirk got a job. Oh, did you? All right, Kirk. What was your job? I watched the table. <laughs> I hope they give you a cut of the profits for that. <laughs> no, I. Uh, that's what I told them when I wanted to go is I can – watch the table for you guys while you're off doing your AMA stuff. And, uh, they came around and, and, uh, let me take breaks. And I had many breaks. It was not a problem at all. And I'm going to interject here because hopefully we'll all talk about things that need to be done and so forth. But what Kirk just said is very valuable. If you're going to sell at the Perry swap meet, 
because I want to say twice I visited two vendors who had tables out with things I wanted to buy and they weren't there. And this was during the day. So, and I waited. I would assume they set out their phone number or something. So you can reach them. There was nothing there. There was nothing there because it's so big. You, you kind of have that urge to go walk around. So I'm going to go ahead and give my note now. I might repeat it later, but if you're going there to sell, you need to bring someone like Kirk to sit on their butt and watch the table, (laughs) you know, and take turns (laughs) because if you leave, if you walk away, you have a chance to lose a sale or, or you have a chance to lose items. Remember Kirk? Yes, definitely. <laughs> I I had my eye on a SIG quarter scale cub kit and it was three hours of waiting on this person to even show up or find out where they were. No one knew who it was. Anyway, I finally got it, but yeah, there was no one there. Oh, that's a bummer. That can be stressful too. Cause you know, everybody else is eyeballing that thing at the same time. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You want to, I kind of had to do that too. There was something I was interested in and sort of had to sort of camp or semi camp out a little bit. Out of corner of my eye, you know, waiting for him to come back. Yeah. Well, Lee, from what you just said, it sounded like you were suggesting that some things got stolen. Or did I, I read that wrong? Well, we're not 100% sure. <laughs> this is this goes to the end of the day. So uh, I don't want to tell too much. But it, it got very empty late, uh, you know, in the afternoon on Saturday. But I had walked by a table and saw this pilot aircraft, this little 20-size low-wing trainer, and it reminded me of a pilot TriStar that I had. And I was admiring it, looking at it. He had a $100 price on it. And I was just talking to Kirk. I said, oh, this this might be fun to have. I said, I don't know, maybe I'll offer him something. So we, we went about two rows back. And I look over my shoulder to where we were just to say, I said, I might go back there and offer him something just really bad just to see if he's just trying to get rid of it. And I turned around and it was gone. So I said, Kirk, hold on. I want to find out how much he sold it for. So I went over there and I looked at the guy. I said, hey, how much did that pilot kit go for? And he goes, what pilot kit? I said, the one that was right here. He goes, I didn't sell a pilot kit. Within, within the time we were there to, I mean, what was that? What, three minutes? Three Kirk? minutes tops. Yeah. And yeah. we were maybe, by the time he turned around and looked again, we were maybe 20 feet away. And it was so, gone. Huh, that's so, awful. It is. And so I didn't, I don't remember seeing other people with him. And our only hope is that maybe they were packing and someone with him or a family member just grabbed a couple of boxes and took him to the car. But when he said that, I was like, wow, <laughs> it's like, could someone just really swipe those two kits like that? It was kind of sad. Yeah. I've seen videos and heard stories of other shenanigans like that at swap meets, I guess mostly trade shows though. Um, but I guess it's hectic enough that you could, if you were ballsy enough, but, uh, once again, it's a small community. You're going to get found out before long. So it's a, the long game is not very good. Well, and thus is another reason why to have someone who's sitting at your table watching what's going on. He may have been taught. I'm hoping it was the latter. I'm hoping just someone in his group they were maybe walking step to the car and he just didn't see it and he didn't realize that someone had you know grabbed it you know that was with him so let's hope it was that but if you leave stuff out like that man there were and look i (laughs) didn't take anything i'm raising my right hand i swear to god i didn't steal anything but there were many times there were items on these tables where there was no one behind the table that god it could have easily been five-fingered you know and I'd like to believe we're all honest, but it's not those your people you're worried about. It's those who just come in and know they have a great opportunity to grab stuff. But, ooh, that's a negative Nancy. Let's get back to the positive stuff about the show. 
Yeah. Okay. So give me a general feel for what the pricing was like. Because I feel like at least in online sales, things are up. Not only demand, but prices are up a lot from where they were two years ago. They were everywhere. That's my opinion. Okay. So were there deals to be had? Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Everything elaborate on that. I actually picked up something for free and... And some people are offering some free stuff. And there's like some a stuff pilot that was, 20 kit. Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, and there were some good deals, there was some haggling, and there's some stuff that was priced way out, and there was some variable pricing. I'll get into that later, but yeah, like we said, it was all over the place, which is to be expected, I guess. Yeah, people okay. seem to know what they have in terms of older kits and balsa. You know, they were pretty expensive. They're not giving them away. The vendors that were there, of course, had price tags on everything, and there was no haggling with those. You either bought it or you didn't. But everyone else, you could make an offer and usually haggle some kind of better deal. Okay. So I assume there were a lot of pre-built things there, like ready-to-fly type stuff for airframes? <laughs> Ready to fly. <laughs> Ready for a fire pit, more like it. Yeah, oh, man. I, you know, it was a wonderful swap meet, and there was tons of good stuff there. But let me tell you, there was tons of crap, too. Ooh, I like crap. I mean, I'm thinking, no, I'm talking 30% of that stuff was sad, damaged, waterlogged, or just just not flyable. But, yeah, mold. You know, oh, yeah. okay. Well, in those cases, did the prices reflect the condition? Yeah, they had free on it. Okay. Well, no, no. No, just, no, I mean, there were some prices on some and then like at the, like on Saturday at two o'clock, there's a lot of those planes that had the free stickers suddenly it was scratched onto them. Yeah. You uh, want to go dumpster diving well, Saturday afternoon. I'm going to, I'm going to back up here real quick because I don't want to make it sound like there's, it was a swap meet. So you, you either worked with people who were going to negotiate. You had some people who were just not going to budget their number. You saw some price tags on things that you just went, what the heck? Because I'll just tell you one. I saw a Hobbyco Starfire 40. It is a plane I've flown many times. I, I've had three. I still have the, the last one. And it was a new inbox. It's like, oh, this this would be fun. I, I've never had one electric because all the ones I've had have always been glow. But the guy wanted $250 for it. And to me, and just, I mean, it's a good plane, but. I can't, I can't see that as a $250 airplane. It was never more than 130 I think, when it was in Tower Hobbies catalog. So, and it didn't look like he was budging at all. Most of the prices there were firm. But I had one guy, I saw a servo, and I was like, okay, how much for this? He goes, you can have it. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, and, you know, and I gave him two bucks for it, you know, because I didn't want to go be treated like that. But, you know, he, sure. there were some things he didn't really care, and maybe the, oh, and you know what? <laughs> now we're throw some more other stuff. Let's just talk about the most common item we saw there. Ready? Here we go. Props, glow engines, and tires. Yeah. <laughs> they were everywhere. I think like yep. every every table had a prop or a tire. <laughs> so, but the glow engines, I mean, if you're a glow guy, this was the place to go. There were just thousands of glow engines all over the place. And not to mention gas engines, huge gas engines. I just... I didn't go there knowing what I wanted or what I could have used. So I, I didn't want to spend the time just looking at them and tweaking, but they were, they were everywhere more than I've ever seen at a swap meet before. Wow. So I'm going to take this opportunity to ask you a question about that. So tell me a little bit about the tires. Are you talking all sizes and 
Just random tires, used stuff in bins that you sort through. Oh yeah. 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 Just like totes full of old Dubro tires and just everywhere. Huh. I, you know, Fitz, I just, I keep remembering the guy in the big, the big building that had the banana boxes. Oh the yeah. One, the one who stacked the tables, which yeah. by the way, you should touch on that. But that guy had boxes of tires and if I had, I mean, I had a need for some tires for my Corsair, but I couldn't remember the size. And I said, I could just sit here all day and just buy eight tires of various sizes. But, you know, I, I, was like, I just want to know exactly what I need and I'll buy that. So, but, oh my gosh, tires are everywhere. And, uh, I will jump on this fits. I think this was so funny. We walked by one, uh, table in the big building. This was an estate sale this guy had. And Fitz said, how much for the box? He was pointing to this box of balsa. And that guy looked at him, like, stared at him right and says, it's not for sale. You can't afford it. <laughs> it's great. All right. So back to the tires. Did you see any of the old uh, chrome-plated Dubro wheels? You know, I did look for those, and I did not. I did not okay. see those chrome. But you're right. If I had seen those, I would have jumped on them. Well, that's interesting because, you know, I, for those who don't know, I do uh, the social media for Dubro. And since the burst in building with COVID, lots and lots, I mean, a lot of people have been asking about the uh, chrome wheels because people are, I guess, pulling the stuff off the shelf that they've had forever and they want the the chrome wheels to go with it. Um, they're pretty hard to find and they're extra hard to find in good condition. And Sparky filled me in on this. He said, usually it was the right wheel that would tarnish or the chrome would flake off or whichever side the uh, engine exhaust was on. It would get all the, uh, the glow goop on it and that would oh, kill yeah. the chrome. So it was rare to find a set of three in good condition. But anyway, based on that demand, we have reopened the line. So probably by the time this podcast is released, you can buy brand new old school chrome plated Dubro wheels. Right. And the awesome. same old six spoke six spoke uh, wheel style. The bling is back. It is. Fantastic. So look for that. Uh, well, I'm sure we'll be promoting it on social media once it comes out. But yeah, look no more. You don't have to rummage through those bins at the swap meet. But you still can if you want. That's fun. <laughs> okay. Continue. So what was it? Props and wheels and what else? Glow engines. Combustion engines. Well, engines. Okay. Yes. Lots and lots of engines. Did you find any oddballs? Yeah, we bought one for you. That was a motor. Uh, close uh, enough. Uh, well, yeah, we can talk about thing. that. While you guys were doing the walk around. It was within yeah, the I, engines. Remember, it was like, in, there were some glow engines around it. Yeah, I don't even know what I bought yet. It was an Astro. Was it an 05 or a 15 or what? 05. 05 with a gearbox. Okay, that's right. The gearbox is what sold me. But, um, yeah, so I asked you. I was messaging on YouTube while you guys were walking around. And uh, you picked up an Astro, and I said, ask how much they want for it. And they told you 10 bucks, and I said, take it. <laughs> yeah. uh, even if the motor's kind of uh, roached out, the gearbox should be pretty good. And I've got another 05 here that needs a gearbox, or not. So, yeah, for 10 bucks, can't say no. Yeah. So, thanks. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, I had fun yeah. watching you guys walk around in that video. I think a lot of people did. Oh, thanks. Speaking of motors, there was two motors. In fact, Kirk was eyeballing them too. 
And man, it was really, really tempting. This guy had several hacker motors and he had, uh, these are a 60 size. These are oh, Pickens. Yeah. They, they can push, I think 2000 Watts peak yeah. or something like that. And he had two that were the same and he only wanted a hundred bucks each for them. Okay. I yeah. like, <laughs> but I kept thinking, what do I do with them? I hate to pay, you know, a couple hundred bucks and just stick it in a drawer. Don't you have a B25 that needs power? Yes. Mm. No, I think those are way overpowered for it. There's no such thing. <laughs> well, the KV for swinging the props. Damn it. I forgot about the B25 though. <laughs> Damn it. Because <laughs> I'm thinking, what do I have? I don't have, I need a twin. Radio I have motors for that twin. Ah, I totally forgot about the B. But no, those, I think they were, they were too big for the B25. These, these things could fly a, like a 70 inch plane swinging a, 20 inch prop or something like that. How big is that? This is a wing manufacturing B25. Yeah, it's got a 70 inch span, but it's a twin. So the motor needs to be much smaller. Oh, you're saying, okay, it could fly a 70 inch single. Single, yeah. Motor. Okay, I got it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was a little too much for that. And I already have a couple motors, bigger motors for another project. So I didn't have really, I couldn't think of an immediate use for them. Uh, but there was a good deal for them, I thought. Yeah, for sure. Now, was there much electric stuff? available uh, i think so i mean those spattering speed controllers motors um not nearly as much as the glow engines but uh i think you could find it if you're looking for it there yeah so, there, there was adequate oh, okay so what's the going rate on a used 40 size glow engine I don't, I don't know if any of us looked. Yeah, I didn't look. <laughs> $10. I got like several in a box that I barely touched. So I, I don't know. Do you guys remember any prices? I, I, I don't know. I, I yeah. got a wild hair. I thought, you know, I want a brand new Cox 049, like a TD 049 to just put on my shelf, new in mm -hmm. the box. So I looked around and I couldn't find one for less than like 150 bucks. Really? Yeah. Yeah, they yep. command pretty good prices, especially, I think you saw one in a jewel case. Yeah, was with the you? jewel case, with the cardboard yeah. sleeve. Yeah, those are especially valuable. Huh. I know the O2Os and the O10s are really pricey, but I thought the half-A stuff was still reasonable. Wait, Kirk, yeah, are you looking for one, you said? Uh, just to have as a memento or something on my shelf. You, you know, I may have one. Maybe we can work out a deal. Sounds good to me. All right, let me... Deals still need to be made. Because <laughs> <Right. Yeah. laughs> I hate, I like to run them, and so I'm not really a collector. And so when I, I, I bought a bunch of O four nines from a guy, and I think I do have one or two in a jewel case. Awesome. And uh, if you just want something to hang, that'd be perfect. That way, it's it stays as a pristine engine, and I don't feel guilty for running it. <laughs> yeah, awesome. And to to answer Terry real quick. I did ask on the O two O and an O ten from the guy that had the banana boxes, and they were in the two hundreds. Oh yeah, yeah, especially O tens. O tens was really you keep those you retire off of them. He yeah. had an O ten from I don't know the year, the fifties, forties, fifties. It came in a little paper bag, and it had a three dollar original price on it. <laughs> Ooh, that was a lot of money back then. Wow. Yep. Yeah, I wonder if people appreciate the precision machining that went into those. I think it was unprecedented. Like millionths of an inch is, it is. Uh, the precision which they were machined to. And that was very uncommon. If, if you remember uh, previous episode, we talked to uh, Bernie from 
Cock, yeah, Cox maybe that's where I know that from. Yeah, he said that he wanted to try to remake, especially uh, pistons and cylinders, and that it was so cost prohibitive because of the the tight tolerances that they had, that it was just amazing that Cox was able to do that with a, an affordable means. Yeah, by the millions. Yeah, millions. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we we sidetracked once again. Um, so I was asking about electrics. You said there are batteries there. What's your policy on buying used lipos? I personally generally don't. I don't either. Uh, only on rare occasions do I. I did kind of was looking for some high capacity three cell batteries there, but not for a flying project for something else. Uh, but I don't remember seeing any. Uh, but that that's that's an uh, exception, not the general rule. Yeah, I think it's probably a pretty good policy. You just you can't tell what kind of abuse they've suffered. Yeah, yeah, you don't know. Most I mean, the batteries were there for sale. People are selling used ones, but I don't know what kind of abuse, cell well, resistance. I think you could age. say the same for some of the planes that were around this way. <laughs> yeah, well, at least the planes you can kind of look at and say, okay, yeah, maybe you can fix it. But a battery, just, it's if it's bad, it's bad. There's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. All right, so this was swap meet only, no auction or any shenanigans. Just come and look at tables and buy stuff. Correct. Yep. No, no contest. No noontime demos. No flying. Uh, so two things. There was a raffle of sorts that you could enter in. Okay. Uh, in the main building, one of the buildings. Uh, we actually ended up talking to one of the staff, and he said in previous years, some time ago, they did have flying on site there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had demonstrations and even, uh, he had a story of a guy in ultralight came in and flew in and almost wasn't able to fly out. Oh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but he said it sort of just kind of withered and lo- they lost interest. The club was, uh, offering night flying at, at their field, which was pretty close. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess Lee, you said somebody was flying there at night, uh, right on the site or something. Eric Williams posted a picture or video of him flying off a pond. I think it was at the fairgrounds. Maybe it was somewhere else. So, but I was just, I guess his own personal thing. We did, yeah. both Lee and I brought some night flyer planes to fly, uh, but we were so bushwhacked after each day that we just you know, didn't bother. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to come back to airplanes, but tell me about the food options. Food was pretty dang good. Yeah. They had, uh, of course, it's the normal vendors that are there when they have an ag session, I guess. But they had trailers out there with uh, Philly cheesesteaks, corn dogs, hot dogs, burgers. And then inside each building, there was a concessions booth where you could get, you know, candy bars. And they also had cheeseburgers and hot dogs and everything there as well. So y'all didn't go hungry? No, I sure didn't. (laughs) All right. So... How did you, did you like go through a whole building? Was it just kind of stream of consciousness? What was your approach to attacking three buildings worth of goods? I didn't well, have one. Yeah. <laughs> I, the same not, way. I was not prepared. Okay. 
In fact, that's something I was I think from our closing notes, I have notes of how I would recommend people attack the Perry swap meet because I, I I was given the the notes about bringing cash, which, by the way, that is the correct answer. Bring lots of cash. Yeah. You, you could probably negotiate better and probably bring snack foods, which would have been good, too, because some of the prices there were are high for food. But no, I mean, I wouldn't say it was terrible. I mean, you know, it's not like going to a football or baseball game where it's just, you know, seven dollars for a bottle of water or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, I think having a game plan would be important if you're going to attend Perry Swap Meet. You had theorized that some sellers might have uh, card swipers or something. Did that prove to be true? True. Not for the purchases I made. Okay. There was Although, one guy did that okay. I noticed. That was, I would expect maybe some of the businesses that were there would, but yeah, not I'm not sure if this guy was a business or not. He said something about he was. It was a um, estate sale. Okay. So I'm not sure if it was a business or not, but he did say I saw he had a sign that he accepted credit cards. But what in about, general, you want to bring a Jed Clamp at Wada Cash with you. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, they did yeah. have an ATM also by the concession stand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I saw that. That was nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's like the one at the strip club. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and I, as I mentioned, for the nice thing about being a vendor is you can get in early, and as people are setting up, you can sort of wander around and see if anything catches your eye before the crowd comes in. And so it's kind of what I did after, um, about an hour or so setting up, we just, I just kind of quickly ran through the other two buildings to get an idea of the size and just look around and see if anything caught my eye that I just got to have. Uh, and so I made my, my game plan is just to make several iterations of walking around you, know, you walk around a little bit in the beginning, do it again a little later on and do it again a little later on, just kind of wander through, you never know what you might miss, what people bring in. Um, and so I, I felt that, especially on Friday, I had a good idea what was there and, and what I like, what I didn't like. Uh, the nice thing is it wasn't terribly crowded as far as people. I mean, there's a lot of vendors, not all the tables are full, but people had told me, said, Hey, uh, years past, it's been like shoulder to shoulder mobs. And so it was, um, it was nice that you actually could walk around without bumping into a lot of people and, and it gave you a chance to really look at stuff and maybe even come back for some stuff. If you thought about it. Well, that's going to be my next question. Was there anything that you saw early on that you said to yourself? Yeah, if that's still there Saturday afternoon, I'm going to take that home. Hmm. I can't really think. Um, No, not really. I was more curious what was going to be left on Saturday afternoon, but I didn't really yeah. see anything that said, "Oh, I want to wait." It's, yeah, eh, it's kind of that's risky. <laughs> it always. Yeah. <laughs> Same question, Bachelor Number Two. Yeah, I don't know about you, Lee, uh, Kirk. You thought? No, myself, I didn't see anything, and it's funny. I walked through that. I walked through each building a dozen times. And I finally saw the two things that I bought was on the second day when we were getting ready to leave. They finally appeared. I'm sure they were there the whole time. I just didn't see them because it was so busy. What was it? Or they? Uh, I got a quarter scale cub kit from SIG. Okay, that you mentioned. And then I got a old school, old old school Dumas Mister Darby kit. Is that uh, a boat or an airplane? That is a boat. It's a okay. tugboat. A big tugboat. A big tugboat. It's about 60 pounds ready. Wow. That, now, Kirk, you got to tell a story about 
how that's, I don't know if it's a divine intervention or the prescience on your part. Uh, well, I went there thinking I was, I was wanting something like that. And, uh, it just, on the second day I, I ran into it and I'm like, holy crap, there's a Mr. Darby. Yeah. And I, 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 recall, I yeah, if I recall, you specifically said it, Mr. Darby, I think on Friday or, or when we were driving up. Yeah, I think I did actually. Yeah. He said, yeah, it'd be nice if I could find a Mr. Darby tug. And I'm like, I don't, I've never seen a Mr. Darby <laughs> tub. <laughs> and he didn't swap me he's ever went to. <laughs> and, lo and, and lo and behold, there it was. It <sighs> was amazing. Because you walked up. I was sitting at the table and you walk up. I was like, wait a minute. Is that a Mr. Darby? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, we know that old kit prices have gone up. What about old boat kit prices? It wasn't bad. Uh, you know, okay. it hasn't been made by Dumas in years. There's a company called Harbor Models, I think, that makes an exact replica of it. They probably pulled the mold off the original one. Mm -hmm. And Oh, does that mean it's a fiberglass hull? It is, yes. Oh, nice. And uh, I got it for less than half of what Harbor sells them for. And it's the old school kit, so it's got a lot of cast bronze and stuff. It's really high quality. Oh, wow. And what power is a boat like that? Electric. Uh, basically, you put a car battery in it, and then there's two <laughs> two motors. <laughs> okay, interesting. And it's 60 pounds? Ready to float, yeah. To, wow. to pull it down to the water line, it's about 60 pounds. So how big is this thing? Uh, it's it, about, it fits in the back of my Suburban. It does, yeah. <laughs> well, I think well, it's about five feet. Four and a half feet or five feet long. Okay, that's a big boat. <laughs> the best part was Kirk was going back to the hotel. He goes, I'm going to go take this to my room and give it a wash. It's like, <laughs> it's like, that's a big boat to have with you in your tub, man. <laughs> sounds like that hole could be a tub. Yeah, damn near. Yeah, for a baby, yeah, easily. Huh. So have you been to one of Fitz's fabulous floating flotillas of fun? I have, yes. Okay. So, yeah, you'll have to take the finished tug over there. So I heard about the FFFF, and I Googled it. And first place I went, turns out it was the wrong one. It was like Frank's Flatulence Fun something. <laughs> <laughs> Why is everybody wearing leather? Exactly. <laughs> So anyway, after going to a couple of those for a few months, I finally went to Fitz's. I looked up the real thing. And uh, I went down there once just to check it out, rode my motorcycle down, and then went the next month uh, with a sailboat and had a ball. And I can't wait for the next one. I hear it's going to be in a couple weeks. Uh, maybe. I, I may have to scratch that. I just realized um, there's a conflict. So I may have to push it until April. I think oh. I have the other FF meeting anyway, so that's okay. <laughs> slide. They conflict every now and then. Yep. Yeah, no, it's a lot of fun, though. I, I really enjoy it, and it's relaxing, and uh, it's, it's just fun. Modeling 101. Yeah, I need to make it to one of those one day. It's just a heck of a commute. Yes. <laughs> You're in town. All right, so I already know the answer from Kirk, but Lee... Was there anything, as you were walking through, you said, Eureka, I've been looking for one of those forever. There it is. The price is right. Take my money. Sadly, no. Really? Did not, did not have that epiphany. Did not have that 
you know, spark and go, oh, my gosh. Now, there were a couple of things that I saw that were like, oh, that is so cool. I had when I was a kid. Um, I was, <clears throat> excuse me, I was telling the guys earlier that, uh, you know, we had one of these hovercrafts. I first thought it was a Cox, but uh, Fitz corrected me. It was a, it's a WinMac Army hovercraft. It was made in the 60s, but we had one. And this guy had, <laughs> he had one on his table. And I, I took a picture. I sent it to my brother. I said, can you believe this? And it's like, here, and the, the price tag was 50 bucks. I was like, you know, it's it's neat. And I was like, you know, but I, I don't need to spend 50 bucks for nostalgia. I'd probably, you know, crash. It's like, no, no thanks. But then I came home and looked at some of them on eBay and they're like $200. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say 50 bucks sounds pretty good. And again, that goes back to preparation for this swap meet. If you're going to buy stuff, you better know what they cost <laughs> so you know you're getting a good deal. Or if you're wanting to go see if you can get stuff that you could possibly resell or bring back, you know, and sell to another swap meet because it's just a different territory. I didn't do that. I went to go look. I had fun. I want to stress that completely. I enjoyed myself. I did not come home with a plane. I did not come home with a big tugboat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in fact, half the stuff I bought, I bought for someone else. I got, uh, some servos and parts, uh, for, uh, Jack, who is one of our attendees for camp AMA and Joe Vermillion was kind enough to send him a plane. So I was kind enough to send him some parts so he could get cracking on that. And that was, that was important to me. So I, uh, I already had already told his mom that I would see if I could find some parts to make things easier for him. And they, and I got a great deal. So that was good. Well, in fact, I explain this a little you're saying there's a kid going to camp ama and you're kind of helping him out with equipment well yeah he's he's he likes the hobby he's got some smaller foam planes and stuff but uh he wanted to build and it was just you know i don't know if i told the story but we had met him um a couple of weeks before perry and uh the, my boys got to meet him. They got to talk and hang out and just, you know, because Lawrence Harville is uh, sponsoring him for Camp AMA, but he has not built a plane. So when Joe heard about him, he sent him a plane and we're just helping him along so he can get excited about coming to Camp AMA. He'd never been. That is awesome. Well, if there's other things you know of that he needs, um, A, let me know, or B, I bet we could blast that out here and somebody's got it somewhere sitting in a corner wouldn't mind sharing it. So I will, I will do that. I didn't get the list. So I just, I just picked up some standard servos like that free one I told you about, but it was actually $2 because <laughs> I just, I just didn't want to not give that guy some money. Uh, so some standard servos, cause it's a really basic 40 plane. And I will tell you, Terry, uh, I picked up a brand new Rimfire 32 outrunner. Uh -huh. How much do you think I paid for it? Um, Rimfires hold some value. So I would say, 50 bucks is a good deal. Anything less than that is a superb deal. I got a superb deal. Good. So threw that in there for him because isn't that what we run on plywood overcast 232s? Yep, that's it on 4S. Yeah, yeah. and then I just said, you know, what a great motor he'll have and he can put it on other airplanes. Uh, I have those on several models. It's uh, 800 watts all day long out of that. Yeah, oh yeah, I, and that was a good deal. I, I personally got a couple of items that I just wanted to have. So I bought a $20 AR410 receiver, which, you know, they're normally 40. So brand new in package, 20 bucks. I was, I'll, I took that. Well, and yeah, hold on. You said that so fast or I heard it so slowly. I, I oh, heard AR15. I'm like, wow. Oh. <laughs> oh, did I say 15? I meant AR410. No, you didn't say that. Oh. But my, that's, that's what my brain translated it to. So. I do talk fast. So an A Spectrum AR410 four channel receiver. Normally 40, retails 40, got it for 20. And I picked up a cheap $10, 30 amp ESC new in package. So I was happy with that. Is that and one of those drag queen receivers? 
No, no, no. <laughs> no. I don't know where you got that. Well, they have those new receivers that don't They're, have the antenna. It's not one of those. Are, are you saying I was talking? <laughs> you're saying trick. Well, that uh, you're going it back actually to the receiver. Does have an I was talking just an ESC, away. so you went back to the receiver for a second. <laughs> oh, that's wrong, Gary. <laughs> <Yeah>, completely. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering where you were going with that. Like, oh, oh my gosh! <laughs> thanks, thanks, Terry. <laughs> thanks for you and Kirk would get along in a car ride. <laughs> Antenna's bigger than most, actually. Anyway. Oh my gosh! Um, Sorry, I didn't mean to. Yes, it is an it is antennaless. <laughs> it is it is a hidden antenna. Oh my god! Um, what else? Oh, I picked up a couple of EDF, just cheap EDF units with brushless motors, so I could try to throw them into the uh, T33. Just just to give them a try. I'll see if they they work. Are these uh, high blade count or low? Uh, most of them were six blade, I think. Okay, uh, so old school. But I picked up a hacker inrunner. And a, I think the other one was a Rimfire. I don't remember what the other one was, but I remember picking up the Hacker one. So I haven't, I mean, I haven't looked at the label and stuff. They were just really inexpensive. So I grabbed them and I'll, yeah, I'll play with them. Nice. Yeah. So that was it. I, you know, I did not get a lot. I brought lots of cash, but I did not leave home with an airplane. I considered a couple. Uh, there was a little ARF trainer that was similar to a mini Telemaster. And the guy had servos with it. I mean, it's not built. It was just in the box. And I actually went back to on Saturday with Kirk to see if it was still available because I would have I was thinking of picking it up and it was gone. Not that it was picked up sold by, but the table was empty. <laughs> so oh. <laughs> they, they got out of dodge. But uh, enough about me. I know Fitz got some really goodies and we could talk a long time about it. So Fitz, share with Terry all the goodies you brought home. Yeah, let me mm-hmm. let me just say to Terry before Fitz starts, uh, you might want to grab a snack. Maybe, you know, get up and stretch. After, you know, there's, this might go on a while describing all that bad. And I just imagine people put things in your arms. Here, just take it. Talk about it on your show. Here's my baby. And, and you know what? Before I go there, I want to add something. This is just kind of off topic, but it's about Fitz. Okay. Fitz was recognized all the time. I yeah, think I, I only it. heard one person say that, oh, you're the guy from AMA. That's it. But people were all <laughs> over Fitz. I mean, Fitz started, I think it was either ours or the AMAs. Some, he was about to talk on the microphone and some guy goes, hey, it's Fitz from Hobby. <laughs> 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 I mean, they were everywhere. And then this one time you were sitting at the table, our the uh, Tom's table, I guess. I walked away. I came back and that guy was still talking to you. I mean, he was like just all over. I mean, I don't know what you guys were talking about, but he didn't want to leave. He was a conversation. One guy I talked to, he was a mechanic on C-17s. Ooh, fun. Yeah, I had all kinds of questions for him. So anyway, nice. yes, Fitz was very popular at the Perry Swap Meet. I was well, absolutely amazed. I had no idea that there was that many people that actually watched the 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 pablum I put out on my YouTube channel. Oh my God. It gets even better. When we showed up Saturday morning, we're walking in, we just got out of the car and one of the Perry swap me guys goes, I just watched one of your videos. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding you. That's exactly what happened. That's funny. Well, interestingly, we received a message through Facebook from somebody who watched your live stream at Perry. And he said, Hey, I really liked your video. And you should come to our swap meet. And I sent you guys that message, but I followed up later. And turns out he's one of the organizers of the Dayton Model Rama, which is also a big swap meet. 
So we have an open invitation to go to the Dayton Model Rama in Dayton, Ohio. Ohio. Well, thanks for offering the invitation. Yeah. So we'll have to look into that. I want to go there. It looks like a big one. And yeah, he said it was big. Yeah. And I want to go to the Air Force Museum. That's definitely my bucket list. There you go. Double header. Yeah. It's very good. So, uh, yeah, we'll seriously consider that one. Okay. Fitz, dig in. All right. So, where do I start? Okay. So, you mentioned a couple of things that just grabbed your attention as you walked in. And uh, I had one, there was a couple of different things that, kind of that kind of happened especially a lot like what happened to kirk where he said hey if this if x is there i'd really really interested in getting it and that happened with the the camdax mig 15 that i found uh, i've been itching for one ever since uh, terry said he had one and i heard about them and lo and behold there was one there a guy had one and he had just started on it but it hadn't finished with the uh this is a very small Glow ducted fan with a Norvell 061. He had that on a box and uh, the special starter needed for it. And he was offering a very, very reasonable price for it. And so I came up with it. Are those Russian made engines? Uh, yes. Okay. Either Russian or one of the formerly Eastern Bloc countries. Oh, that would be good. Those yeah. Czechoslovakian stuff is high quality. But yeah. Yeah, they're good engines. I run them regular ones in some of my planes. So I have, I have experience with them. They scream. Okay. They can really scream. Yeah. All right, cool. Congratulations. We'll have oh, to thanks. race ours one day. Yeah. <laughs> Which means I got to build mine. Yes. Uh, interesting. The first thing I bought was a uh, Queen Bee 074, uh, but not a complete one. It's, it's it's mostly complete. The guy sold it as a parts engine. I think it got some cracks in the plastic and stuff. But what was great about that is exactly what I needed because I had bought a a 074 off of Facebook or something, and it was missing the muffler. And I've been having a hell of a time trying to find a replacement muffler. And this one, uh, it has the muffler. And a guy just wanted like five bucks for it. And I said, you know, stop talking, yep. take my money. Yeah. <laughs> don't even haggle on that. Yeah, no, I didn't haggle on that at all. I said, yeah, that's fantastic. So now I have a little parts engine for some random extra parts. I need an extra cylinder piston, whatever. But I also have the muffler I needed so badly. So how uh, effective is a muffler on an 074? Uh, I don't know. I haven't run it without the muffler, but I imagine it's pretty good. Ears bleed a little bit less? Yes. Yeah. Because when I run it, the Norvells have mufflers and the Coxes don't. When I run into Norvell, it's noticeably quieter. Oh, okay. So it actually makes a big difference. Good. Uh, plus, I think the muffler can have the pressure tap on it. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's good. Uh, let's see. Well, while you're thinking, I'll... I'll go back to a memory of mine when I was visiting family in Florida a few years ago. Uh, one of my uncles dug out one of his 35 control line planes. <laughs> it had an old Fox 35. Oh, oh, uh, 35 engine, not 35 yeah, oh, individual no, ones. Yeah, yeah. So that was what I grew up flying. But uh, he fired up that Fox 35 with no muffler. And you would have thought the world was coming to an end. <laughs> I forgot how loud those things are. But uh, anyway. I wonder why they never really ran mufflers on those things. Uh, no, because nobody cared back then. <laughs> you were... could go to a schoolyard and make a bunch of ruckus on a Sunday morning and people left you alone. Oh, okay. For the most part. Mm. That, that was our experience anyway. But, uh, all right, go ahead. What was the next one? Uh, let's see. Uh, you know, I always wanted to, to build a Stinger 10. I always had an eye for one of those. Stinger 10. And oh, that's Stinger... the linear plane? So yeah, Hershey a bar wing, bubble canopy? Yeah, it's nothing fancy. It's just a 10-size 10, 10 at the time, I used to fly a little small planes. That was real, 
I always had an eye for that. Never had a chance to get one. I don't remember ever seeing a kit. They had a bunch uh, of oh, them, right? In different sizes? Yeah, they did. Yeah, it's a, okay. a 10, 20, and a 40, I think, something like that. Is there a half A size? Maybe I, I made that up. I don't think so. Uh, but funny enough, there was a 10 built at the at the show. Uh, I didn't ask the price on it because a guy had, for like five bucks, a whole bunch of Stinger 10 parts, all the plastic pieces and stuff for one. Yeah, oh, so, so oh, that'd be cool. I can just, it's easy. It's very basic structure. I can scratch build one. Yeah. And, and it was, but it was just the parts. I said, well, maybe I'll go find a plan somewhere I can download them or something. But I got to talking to a gentleman that I had met before at Small Steps. And I told him about the Stinger 10 parts. And he says, oh, wait a minute. I found some plans. Some guy was giving away a bunch of plans and I found two sets of Stinger 10 plans. You want one? Oh, man. <laughs> it's like, just yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> it was. Uh, of all the things. <laughs> um, and uh, so I Kirk, think Lanier was based in Georgia when they were still active. I wonder if that has anything to do with finding all that stuff there. Yeah, maybe. Uh, you know, there was some interesting stuff. I, there's one, one thing I want to, don't want to forget. I'll talk about it. I didn't buy it, but just a conversation I had. Uh, so anyways, uh, those are the couple of the big things that, that jumped out at me. I just kind of have, but as I was walking around it, let me just go down a list of stuff. Uh, so you don't, I don't drag this out too long. Then end up taking it home with me and maybe the brief story behind them. So, uh, let's see. So I was walking around, this guy had a bunch of different planes and he had a big box that kind of stood out because it was a Japanese key 61 Tony one fifth scale, uh, 89 inch wingspan. And it was not a full kit. It was basically the wings and the, uh, foam core wings, the canopy, uh, a, a spinner which turned out to be actually a really nice spinner and some plans for it. And a CD, he said had some Don Smith plans or something like that. And I kind of looked at it and I was like, eh, the price is not too bad, but I kind of hemmed in the hall. I was like, I don't want a big kit like that or not, but that's kind of neat. I've never seen one of those before. And it's a nice big model and it's in the box, but I don't know. But I looked around his table and he had uh, a pair of um, spoked wheels that would be just perfect for my Roaring Solnir. And he wasn't asking for much of those. But didn't you buy some of those at the last swap meet? Yes, but they're, they're kind of beat up. Okay. They're okay, but they're, some of the spokes are bent and it's kind of a little wobbly. These are in much better condition. These look very similar, but they're much nicer. Okay. Uh, and, and I got to talk to a really nice guy and he says, Hey, well, you know, I can, you know, knock some off. And I said, well, Hey, if I buy these wheels and this kit, knock off some, some dollars. Yeah, sure. And so I ended up buying it and I opened the box just out of curiosity. And it was more than he said it was in there because there was a bunch of reference material. There's a couple of books on uh, Tony and paint schemes. There was a, a decal set for a plastic model. It was actually really quite nice. You should tell people the wheels were for the Tony. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> These bicycle wheels. And he had another thing that I had, I just, I kind of looked at it and said, I passed and then I said, you know what? I've never seen one of these. I got to get it. And it was a short kit for an N9M flying wing. Oh yeah. You told me about that. Yeah. It's got a 70 something inch wingspan. Apparently it was a, uh, a design by Bill Young for model builder and it's really cool looking. And so, and he gave me a deal on that too. So I ended up coming home with that as well. Uh, so that, that's, he said, uh, a pair of in runners and in the cells should work. 
he had done some calculations, or whatever. So, uh, was it originally designed for electric? It was. I looked at it. I, there's a, um, uh, I found an article on it and it had, I think, a couple astro flight motors or something in the original one. Oh, astro flight cool. cobalts with some short hmm. extension shafts. What about oh. landing gear? Uh, there's no landing gear in a kit. Um, I'll probably make some sort of retracts or something. I'll see what the real one has and see if I can copy that. Yeah, okay. It's a short kit, so it's not everything. Yeah, it's got yeah, a sure. good chunk of wood and some plans and stuff. I just assume oh. it has ribs and things like that, but. Yeah. Yeah. It's the more complicated stuff. So it's before you start on it, you should read Chuck Yeager's experience from flying that. I oh, forget exactly one? what he said, but. Yeah, I think when he was based at Edwards, he flew it a time or two. I, maybe he did. I read his book many years ago. Maybe just forgot that part. Yeah, I think he mentioned something about it. My memory's vague, but it's like it didn't have any elevator authority until it had tons of elevator authority. So <laughs> oh. Yeah, that, I don't want to quote anything, but look it up. Oh, cool. Yeah, thanks for that. Yeah. Oh, oh, there's one other thing that jumped out at me. I had been kind of pining on and off for one of those Pico Waco kits. Waco, Waco. 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 Pico Waco. The YMF3. Pico you have? That's like a brick. Yeah. I'm staring at the cowling right now. Yes. Because I asked about the cowling and you told me to get lost, kid. So there were actually two kits of the Waco. One was. I guess in real good condition, Waco. but you know, Waco. Waco. Like taco. Taco. Okay. So there's two tacos there. And, uh, I was kind of interested in one of the taco Wacos, uh, but it had some damage to the wood and it seemed kind of iffy and it was still right on the edge of my price point. And, but I, so I had just given up on it. And then on Saturday I saw another one I didn't remember seeing before and this one had was a much lower price, so it immediately caught my attention. And it, it looked pretty good. And the guy said, "Hey, uh, you know, if you want it, you can take it for X." And I'm like, "All right, I'll take it." <laughs> and he goes, "Oh yeah, here are the wings. They're half built." <laughs> like, oh, don't. <laughs> uh, but that's okay. So somebody had started on the wings, but but it's okay. a factor of how well they were half built. Yeah, I, I checked them; they weren't warped or anything like that. Okay. So mine yeah. were half built, but. Yeah, poorly, very poorly. Well, this looked okay, and they're not okay, covered, so any, any issues I can fix. They have bell cranks in them, so that's going to go away. But other than that, they looked okay. All right, good. Uh, so I got that for a really good price. I was really happy. I finally got one of those. I've been kind of itching for one. It's a nice-looking plane, and it's the big 70-inch one, too, not the smaller 60-inch. Okay. Everybody says they fly very well. Uh, yeah, it looks like it fly well. I think I saw an ARF one at Round Top Lee, the white one. Was that a Waco? Yeah, but it, I don't know if it was an ARF. Sure was yeah, nice, though. It, yeah, it was ARF. It was a Seagull Models one. I think the old Cox ARF was based off the Pika kit. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. I believe. The, the one I saw flew so great. It was just beautiful to watch. It looked I like think Tom has one. Do anything with it. Oh, yeah, I think he does. Yellowish one or something? Yeah, I think that was the Cox ARF. Oh, okay. Double check me on that, though. Oh, uh, okay. Let me go down the list. Uh, one table had... Uh, one of those Gillows Cessna 172 yeah. uh, kits, and it said free on it. I said, uh huh. And he said, yeah, it's just a bunch of, it's not the full kit, but it's got some parts and stuff in it. And I said, well, that'd be great. I can always, I have one of those already. And so I could use extra plastic pieces or something. So I grabbed it. And it's funny, it turned out that it has a bunch of plastic pieces, multiple, a couple copies of the windshield, some. Wing tail and fuselage uh, tail and elevator parts that somebody had started building and covered. So a little more than I thought, but 
it's nice to have that as a spare for my when I'm going to build one of these years. Uh, as ultra micro RC or actual free flight? Uh, RC. It'll be RC. All right, cool. Not entirely short, but now I got cow parts. I could probably build a glow and electric one. For sure. Yep, for sure. Uh, next thing is I have to thank Kirk for. Kirk came up and said, hey, there's a guy who has some plastic bottles down there. He has some pretty good prices for them. Uh, and so he shoved me over there, and I ended up buying a Edward Fuckwolf 190 with some photo etch parts. And Wait, a... A what, Fuckwolf? FW190. Oh, oh a company, okay. by a company called Edward. Oh, I have never, ever heard of that. Oh, they're pretty well known in the plastic model company. I think one of the older oh, companies, but... That was the missing link for me, Edward. Or that it yeah, yeah. was uh, plastic models. Okay, sorry. Yes, and he had a plastic model of a BV-141 there Ooh, as well. And so I scale. grabbed that. 148 scale. Oh, that's nice. That's yeah, a pretty really good airplane. Nice. I think it's the first time I've seen the seen one in the flesh. So yeah, and they had photo edge parts too, so I grabbed that sucker. Uh, right. So Well, so I'm keeping Kirk. tabs here, and uh, based on my calculations, you're going to have to live to be 622 to build all these kits. Well, We're I'm not sure. even halfway through yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are. Almost done. <laughs> <laughs> hey, who knows what the future when we have like robot bodies and cyborgs we can plant our brains in and finish all these kids. There you go. Uh, just a couple other things. Uh, speaking of Kirk, Kirk was wearing a snazzy shirt from AMA that I had to get. The one to eat, sleep, fly. Oh, like yeah. Um, and what else? Oh, so we ended up meeting up with the the guy who runs the zip kits. Oh, yeah. Okay. And he wasn't there with it as an, an official capacity. He was just selling off his personal stuff. And uh, we had a nice, interesting conversation with him. Uh, <laughs> I won't go into any details. Um, and so, but he had a whole bunch of these brushless motors. And they said a dollar. I said, you're selling these for a dollar each? He goes, yeah, these are little uh, brushless. They were generally for like um, uh, uh, 450s class helicopters. He had bought a whole bunch of them. But the shaft sizes were off. They're, instead of being 3.17 millimeter, they were like 3.5 millimeters or something like that. And making them kind of mostly useless for anything. But I figured, well, for a dollar each, let me grab half a dozen of them. I have an idea how I could probably turn them down to the right size and use them. Yeah, if you know a machinist, it should be no big deal. Well, I have access to a lathe. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, so I figured I might be able to hook them up to a battery, spin them, and turn them down so i bought about a bunch of them just for giggles for or even better you modify some prop adapters and yeah i could do that too yeah yeah but you know for a buck each uh, yeah you can't go wrong can't go wrong uh i think that's it actually um no no <laughs> well here let me steer you down a slightly different <laughs> path for a second because we had a phone call at the end of friday and you guys asked me if there was anything that I was dying to have. And I didn't really have much, but one thing was I asked you to look for a Cox Easy B. Oh, yeah. It's interesting right here, my list. Yes. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> so right, you so, mentioned. Yeah. Okay. Tell me about that. So you had mentioned the Easy B. Yeah. And when he said that, I said, you know, I think I saw one, but I couldn't remember where I saw it. And that's kind of tricky because there's three buildings full of thousands of stuff and you try to remember where you saw something and so i had kind of half forgotten about it 
Uh, well, but for I those who don't know, an ETB was when did those come out? Like maybe mid eighties or late eighties? I don't know. Yeah, I think. The, yeah, late eighties. I think a, a foam, an old timerish looking foam airplane, had an O four nine up front, and I think they usually came with a two channel Cox seventy two megahertz radio, or maybe yeah. it's twenty seven. I don't know. Um, but yeah, just an all in one beginner's package. And I don't yeah. know why, but I just always thought they looked cool, and I've never had one. Yeah, I had flown one briefly in the late 80s. Somebody else's, they wanted me to try to fly it for them. And I remember the radio was really kludgy because it was like mode one. So the elevator was on the left and oh, no. on the right. Yeah. yeah, it was really funky to try to fly it. It's like, how are, you, how are you supposed to transition? But the plane is actually pretty neat. It's basically like a powered glider kind of looking thing. Yeah. And so I was uh, talking to um and wandered into one of the buildings to get some stuff from one of the vendors. One of the vendors had actually had been at the, the um, Georgetown swap meet. He was there. He recognized each other, and we were talking. And behind him, I see the Easy B, and I went at the table. It's like, oh, that's where it is. And so I quickly went over there, and I said, I think I asked the guy. I said, hey, I'm interested in Easy B. What do you want for it? And he goes, uh, well, if you take the Easy B, you got to take this other cock plane called the um, Recon. Which is that looks, just a, a rebadged EZB? It looks a lot like an EZB, uh, but this one has, it's apparently free flight, but it has a spot for a camera that you can stick in there. And it has a separate controller that you press the button, presumably to hit the trigger to, to take pictures. So you can it's film a, the crash. Yeah, it's an oddball thing, but um, yeah, it looks basically a free flight EZB with a different color. But it came, comes with an engine and stuff, so... And still, we don't care because we weren't going to use that radio anyway. Yeah, true. And, well, I might use that little trigger. I just sort of giggles. But you can convert to RC probably pretty easily anyway. So, uh, And so uh, the the EZB is new in a box, shrink-wrapped. Oh, yeah. So there's nothing more new in a box than this. Uh, and the, the, st- the recon uh, is still new in a box, but it was missing the, the little camera which was a film camera and it wasn't shrink wrapped but everything else looked to be there and i got oh this ought to be interesting he wants both at the same time um but it's uh he said <laughs> where do i start with this so i mentioned they recognized me oh, oh you're using your fame <laughs> i didn't do that he he i didn't i didn't say do you know who i am no he just he just did you sign his out. chest with a sharpie well, without saying anything he says hey i recognize you um and it, it looks like it might make a good video i'll tell you what uh you can have them both for for the low low price of 40 dollars. that was highway robbery <laughs> i was like oh my god <laughs> how could i say no to that <laughs> yeah i've seen them for as much as 300. I think 300 is way too much. Yeah. But, way too um, much. I've seen them that much. And I think I told you guys when I talked to you on the phone, I forget what I said. Like if it, if you find one for 60 or less, that it's probably doable. But anyway, congratulations. That's a great deal. It is a great deal. I really appreciate him offering it to me for that much. Yeah. Uh, that's fantastic. We'll treat him with love and care. And Terry, I expect you to make pictures or video or something of it. Oh, you know, I will. All right. That's all. That's all we ask. And I get uh, the easy B one, right? You get the easy B and I'll keep yes. the recon. So we're both and happy. And the best part is Lee gets to bring it to me. Yeah. That. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till you can charge the shipping fee for that, Fitz. <laughs> so yeah. now that that's, 
Yeah. That's all the stuff for me. Now, I did facilitate a few deals as well while I was there. Yeah, that's what you need to talk about. So let me run down those. Uh, so our buddy Richard says, Hey, if you see any gliders from Gropner or some new German style, let me know. And I, I did see a couple and he, I saw one called a Scorpio glider from a company called AMD. I never heard of them. And, uh, when I told him the price, he goes, yeah, grab that for me. And I foobarred another one. I had taken a picture of it and got distracted and forgot to send it to him. And it was a Hobby Lobby grobe or something and when i finally remember to send it to him he goes yeah i'll take that and it was I, it was either long gone or i couldn't find it again it was it was long after uh so i missed on that one sorry richard but you got something at least well that begs uh, the question are there any markers inside the building like in huge parking lots you say i'm at post l5 there's nothing so you, okay. you gotta you remember to drop yeah. pins on your phone or something because even the, the glider i did get for him he got back to me a little later, and I'm trying to remember, where did I see that? I know what building it was, but I couldn't remember exactly where. So I had to run around and poke around and try to find it. Hopefully it didn't sell. And I finally followed it, and the guy said, yeah, a couple of people had looked at it. But, but anyway, so. Uh, and then uh, on, on, on Saturday, as we were packing up, uh, a guy was talking to me um, uh, in relation to, to another deal I was making, but I'll get to that last. And he says, hey, um, do you fly helicopters? And I said, yeah, a little bit. And he goes, well, I've got this Raptor 50 that I'm selling. Uh, I'll give you a good price on it. And I'm like, well, I don't really that big into glow helicopters, but I know uh, somebody who does, who especially likes Raptors. And uh, what do you want for it? And I'll send him a picture and see what he want, if he's interested. And he says, well, um, I want X for it, and, uh, which was actually a really good price. And uh, and so I sent a message to, to uh, this particular person and said, Hey, this guy's wants this for it. And the guy goes, and he replies that, yeah, it's a good price, but yeah, I'll have to pass. I mean, it's, it, it, you know, reluctantly pass on it. And then the guy goes, well, how about X less? And he dropped the price quite a bit. <laughs> so I sent another message and he goes, okay, I'll take it. <laughs> So I had, I had to front them the money for it, but, uh, so I ended up coming home with a Raptor 50 now, really nice shape, full house, just receiver ready. Nice. Uh, for a mutual friend of, uh, Lee and I's. Cool. And, uh, also, so I had somebody I know in one of the clubs I fly with who was supposed to be there, but couldn't make it at the last minute. He says, Hey, I'm talking to this guy about buying this, uh, this particular plane, a B-17, and if you see it there, let me know. Uh, we haven't worked out a deal, but uh, I'm just curious. If it, the guy said he's going to be there, and if you see it, you can take a look at it, take some pictures, and let me know what the, qual the kind of condition it's in. And so I looked around. I didn't see it until finally I saw it on late Friday. Well, I thought it was it. I took a picture. I said, hey, is this the B-17 you're looking for? And he replies, no, that's not it, but tell me more. <laughs> I'm interested. Uh, and so I, I poked through the guy left his number. He wasn't there. Like Lee was talking about a lot of guys just weren't there, but this guy at least left his number so I could send his number to him and I sent it to the gentleman that's interested and he got in contact with him and says, Hey, I'm really, really interested in this. Can you go through the boxes and take a look and stuff? And it was two boxes, three boxes. And it was a big B17. I can't remember the name of the, the company. It was not Don the right. Smith. 
Don Smith, thank you. Don Smith B17. It wasn't in the correct box, I can remember. This was a full kit, and it included four four-stroke 91 engines, new in the box, uh, re robot retracts, some servos, a bunch of a bunch of stuff, retractable tailwheel, uh, and um, a whole bunch of extra goodies, all the, all the plastic pieces. And but the main box was sealed, so I couldn't open it up. And so he says, "Well, the guy will be there Friday, uh, Saturday morning. Could you meet him there and open it all up? I'm really, really interested in it. Just want want your opinion on uh, how it looks and that kind of stuff." And so uh, he. Um, through his word, he did show up on Saturday, on Saturday morning. We opened up the box. This thing has enough plans to wallpaper a room. Uh, it's a lot of stuff was stuffed in there. It was all the wood. We we wanted to match up the plans because he wasn't sure if it matched the Don Smith plans or not. So we I actually had to pull out pieces and match them up to the plans to see if they were the same size. And lo and behold, they did. They matched everything matched up. And uh, my friend said, "Sold. I'll take it." Um. But the guy didn't accept PayPal, and this wasn't a cheap kit. And so, uh, fortunately, he let me write a check for it, uh, which was really nice of him. Um, and and this was, we came back with this nice big B-17 kit, three boxes, well, two boxes, two big boxes worth of stuff. And uh, that was, uh, it was quite an interesting adventure, working this deal out. And... Uh, that uh, we were able to come to an agreement, and I think all parties are happy. Did I miss anything? Huh. That's interesting. So I think the B24 that Mike Leibel has is also Don Smith plans. I wonder this if they're in this the is, same, same oh. scale. Well, that's what I, I just wonder if they're the same scale and comparable. Maybe they'll be shared yeah. in the sky someday. Yeah, B17 and B24. Uh, that's a good question. Yeah. Maybe the same wingspan, but I don't know if that's the same scale or not. Yeah, probably not. I think the B-24 is bigger. It's a yeah, big kit. Cool. It's big. It's like 140 inches or something like that. Yeah, it's a big airplane. So does that make you an RC pimp? I guess so. Yeah. Or I, I prefer the term facilitator. <laughs> <laughs> I have to get you a purple suit with a big feather. <laughs> I'm a businessman. <laughs> uh, so I was happy to help out some fellow club members and friends and stuff like that. It was just funny that, though, to be honest, I spent more on other people's stuff than on my stuff. Oh, that's all the okay. stuff I spent, I didn't really spend all that much. I got a lot of stuff, but I got some really good deals. And I really didn't spend all that much at all, actually. Um, and I sold some stuff. And so, yeah, I came, I didn't, I think it pretty much broke even with what I sold when I. No, and I bought more than I sold, but still. No, right. no. I don't know. It was pretty close. But anyways. Well, I, I assume the B-17 is what Kirk was referring to earlier when uh, you were talking about the trailer. Yeah, so we ended up with so much stuff that the trailer was more full coming back than it was going there. Uh, we just had boxes and boxes of stuff. Kirk, you had your... Um, you bought? Didn't you buy something in the box? Oh, your, your Cub, right? The Cub, yeah. Was it something else? Well, I took a glider with me and then brought it back home. I decided not to sell it. And then uh, I forgot to mention, I did buy a little foamy. A guy was selling some just front yard, you know, flyers. They were basically receiver ready, and I bought one of those. Oh, that's what it was. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just just a lot of boxes and stuff. Because I had an, um, the airplane I brought back, 
Turkhead is airplane, and then the MIG, um, something else was stuffed in there. And just a lot of kit boxes that ended up being stacked up. The helicopter, um, it just took up more space than I would have thought. Uh, the wings and the, the kits and stuff. So, yeah, we ended up with uh, just a trailer full of kits and stuff and planes, bits and pieces. Well, that's uh, the idea. Yeah. Uh, although the Mr. Darby ended up fitting in Lee's Suburban, surprisingly. Yeah, that's good. So, Kirk, you've been kind of quiet. Yeah, I think you had a couple of stories. I think you touched on them all. Oh, um, uh, yeah. I when you mentioned plastic models, I got a couple of them from that same stack that I forgot to mention earlier. Oh, so you're a plastic model guy too. Well, I love to collect them. I don't seem to ever build them, but yeah, I love to collect them for some reason. Hmm, Interesting. No Fitz, You mentioned that the B 17 seller didn't accept PayPal. Was that just in general? Because one thing that I've seen in online sale ads recently is that people, for kits that are over $600, people won't take PayPal or Venmo or whatever because Mm -hmm. now they have to report to the government anything over $600. Oh, really? Yeah, so I've seen several instances of that. So Mm -hmm. I I think that only applies, though, if you're using your PayPal account as a business. If you've actually set up as a business, not if it's personal. That may be, but I'm sure there's a lot of misunderstanding about it. But yeah. I've seen several people note that you know, because of new government rules, I will not accept PayPal or or whatever. Interesting. I think, yeah. I think in his case, it was just he just wasn't he didn't have a PayPal account. He didn't do that. He wasn't tech savvy. Yeah, there's way. still plenty of people who don't either trust it or want it anyway. So yeah. Yeah, I get that. So I'm glad he was able to or willing to take a check from you. That's admirable. Yeah. Yeah, because I said, he said, will you take a check? And so he's like, from you or the other guy? He's like, no, no, from me. And, uh, you know, I got all my information. And I, I, I made him feel at ease. I, I gave him some credentials. I said, hey, you know, this, this, you know, I, I've got, uh, I have references on file. Don't you oh, know who I am? Say, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Hobby View. <laughs> well, 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 it, well, it, well, I actually told him that, you know, I'm, I am affiliated with the AMA people. Um, you know, they know me and, and what stuff I do for them. We and don't actually, know that guy. And actually, Lee, thank you. Because right at that time, you walked up and you're, you, you're all AMA badge and talking to me. So I think it made him feel at ease that I wasn't just some schmo random guy that, um, you know, I, you know, there's other people there knew me at least. At least one other person knew me. So, um, so that, that helped. And it helped that I also, you know, I, I I keep a check. I keep an emergency check in my wallet just for cases like this. And this is the second time I've needed to use an emergency check for something. So it's one of those things. But anyways, so yeah, that was kind of neat to be able to. <laughs> uh, and and uh, our, our buddy Mike uh, Rosnick also was asking me for some things. It was a custom helicopter stuff he was interested in. I did some a few things, um, but one of them was way out. There was a rare uh, helicopter from Century. Uh, but the guy knew what he had and wanted a lot of money for it. So, uh, anyways, uh, so so all you guys that I, that I bought stuff for, you owe me. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I expect some stake in the future. All right. So I've got one last question. We talked about the drive there, and I'm sure it was all very exciting, and you're full of hope and anticipation. But then, what's it like driving 13 hours back? After, I'll give an uh, example. 
Uh, Kirk, tell us a dad joke. Uh, <laughs> what did you hear about the cat that ate a ball of yarn? No, no. It had mittens. Kirk, <laughs> tell us about another dad joke. <laughs> Why did the turtle cross the road? Why? To get to the shell station. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. it was 13 hours of that. <laughs> 13 <Yeah>. hours, folks. <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't leave him at a rest area? We were tempted. Al- almost. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we have to give him one of those pills like they do in the A-team to Murdoch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's Mr. T. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry, sorry. <laughs> Where is it, Murdoch? Okay, you gave it to him, right? Though, yeah. <laughs> so, so we got into all kinds of deep conversation, though. Like, if you could only eat one food for the rest of your life, like hot or cold food, everything had to be hot. Hot drinks. You could never have a cold soda, or vice versa. And there's no cheating. Like, pizza's hot. You can't let it cool down. It has to be as it's served. Which would you choose? Are you actually asking would, me? Well, that's one of the questions we had oh. that took up maybe, you know, a half hour of the time. And there was many of them like that. <laughs> yeah, I would guess so. <laughs> what if someone offered you triple what you get paid now, Lee? <laughs> Would you jump off the cliff? <laughs> I was like, I, yeah, there was a lot of what ifs and stuff. We listened to a couple of podcasts on our way there. So I, I kept asking Lee that question, like, what if? Someone doubled your salary, but you had to blank. And then after a while, he got sick of it. And he's like, ask, ask Fitz. And I said, Fitz, ask Lee if someone could double his salary. <laughs> oh, gosh. I, I do highly recommend, though, if you drive with someone, get that third person in there. Uh, I will say Fitz was a, a no driver on the way there. I don't know what his deal was. He was like on his laptop and claiming he was working. I think he was, you know playing uh oregon trail uh, <laughs> but on the way back we all took turns and this was good oh i did have i'm sorry i had one more question before you cut in you guys told me that people were clearing out pretty early on saturday and that kind of surprised me so i would have expected as a newcomer that i could have shown up saturday afternoon and things would have still been hopping but what really happened it was dead. People, you could notice it clearing out about 11 a.m. Saturday, maybe 12. And by, say, 2 o'clock, it was 95% empty. And what was the scheduled closing time? 5 o'clock. Huh. Yeah, I would have not expected things to close up that early. Good thing to know if I go there in the future. Yeah, or should I say when I go there in the future? That's surprising. You know, well... I mean, generally, you know, these swap meets don't go that late. Five is probably a little late in, in on, on average. But, yeah, but the speed and the, or how early it cleared out was really surprising. Uh, like on a Saturday, it's like, wait, 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 what? <laughs> well, so, yeah. fire well, sale deals on Saturday? Some, yeah. I didn't get any, but there were surely people marking down. Didn't want to take it home was the sign. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I had already been kind of bought out by end of, for the most part, by end of uh, Friday, I think about checks. Out of checks, <laughs> I mean, yeah, when a couple you spend your emergency Saturday, check. Too. You know it's getting close. Yeah, I mean, I did buy a couple things on Saturday too, but um, but yeah, the, the day to go is definitely Friday. Definitely okay. go take, take the day off if you have to. You just go or half a day off and go Friday. I think it, it's funny because I think when I was thinking about Friday, 
you know, we got there around eight, correct? And then the, the doors actually opened at 11. But I think right at like 11.05, we saw all these people walking back to their car with airplanes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just tons of people with airplanes in their, you know, under their arm. And it was like that for several hours on Friday. I wouldn't say Saturday's a bad day. Uh, you know, there because I bought stuff on Saturday. I think what was surprising is that it was shutting down so early. And in fact, uh, I think George was uh, made a comment while we were, you know, why are you doing a podcast so late when everybody's leaving? I mean, we didn't know. But what I've come to learn is that so many people travel from, you know, uh, as long as distance as we did, that they leave early Saturday to go make half their trip somewhere spend the night and then finish the rest of the trip sunday so they get home very early you know we didn't get home until dark night sunday and yeah. so next time if we were to go i would highly recommend that you well i wish people would stay till noon at least i wish all the tables were full till noon because as you mentioned terry it's kind of disheartening that some people who can't like get off of work or they have other things with kids they can't get there till later mm. a lot of things are gone uh but we would definitely come back and probably stop in mississippi you know spend the night there and then take the rest of the oh, trip yeah. home. Yeah, because Saturday morning was okay. It was not too bad, but it, it cut up pretty quickly. So if you're going to do Saturday, get there early. Because uh, uh, it wasn't like it was the vendors. It was the people selling stuff that was leaving. They were just clearing out pretty quickly. You know, tables were starting to get empty. Hmm. All right. Well, fellas, I feel much smarter about this now. Mm. And I wish I could have been there. But I really appreciate you guys picking up the two things for me that you picked up for me. Sure. Happy um, we found some good stuff that you needed, you've been looking for. It, it was just, it's just an amazing swap meet. Uh, three huge, huge buildings full of stuff. And it was just you know, the whole gamut. Again, you know, if you're looking for it, you probably could have find it. Do you know how they schedule it? Is it the same, like whatever weekend in March every year? Or how does that work? Don't know. Was there anything special about it? it wasn't like not that I heard. Oh, okay. So I got a presume... couple of I got a couple of things to point out from our drive back. By the way, when you're ready, I didn't want to interrupt. I'm sorry. No, I'm ready. Uh... Oh, let me <laughs> before he does the drive back. Is it about Perry or is it about a drive back? Wait, well, hold... the drive back. Okay. Well, okay. Before Perry. you go, that about, about Perry, we did talk to one of the staff, and they did say they were planning on some tweaks next year if i remember correctly um so they're trying to improve the, the show as well so uh look forward to next year to see what changes they're making i guess they've got some new leadership and so they're going to be uh uh working to you know see what they can what things they can improve well okay. kevin kevin barteau who's the secretary of the club said that the numbers they were looking at were coming up to their largest at least one of their largest attendance 10 years ago. So this was definitely one of the best in the past 10 years. Which so you're saying they peaked 10 years ago, but they're close to that. He this didn't year? say they peaked. He said one of the one they remember was 10 years ago was a really big swap meet. Like the numbers okay. were big and so forth. So he said the numbers for this one would have been the best they'd had in 10 years, not okay. overall, but at least in 10 years. That's good. Yeah. I heard some theory that gas prices might've kept a few people away. Uh, I mean, I, Maybe yeah. it, it looked to me like there was a good turnout. So I'd, I'd be, I'd be curious to find out. I'm going to go ahead and give my, my Perry advice though, being that I was new and, and, you know, 
learning for the first time, this is my advice if you're going to plan Perry next year. First, uh, I want to just say I came ill-prepared. I wanted to experience it. I wanted to see it. I didn't have the buying and selling in mind. I guess, obviously, Fitz and, and Kirk did a better job than me. But if you're going to buy stuff there, you know, make a list and then go up to the large sellers, those who have the big tables. And like the, I don't think Fitz mentioned it, but the guys who've stacked tables on top of tables to put more stuff on. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And, it was and pretty clever. Yeah. It was, and you could see a lot of stuff. But I would say be active and go directly to the vendors you think have a lot of stuff and then just ask them if they have the part you need. Just tell them what you're looking for. I think they're going to be eager to get rid of stuff. And, if, and since they know everything they have, they're more likely to say, I think it's in this banana box <laughs> or, the, or this blue <laughs> box. And they'll spend the time. So really, you need to decide if you're going to be a buyer or a seller and focus on that. And I, I had a list in mind, but I kind of regret not having exactly what I wanted. And, you know, if I go a second time, I'm going to sit there and okay, I'm going to go down each aisle very slowly, looking at the stuff, knowing exactly what I want and, and going after it. And I know I would make better deals because I didn't really haggle this time around. I think I was just more excited to be there. And then second, if you're going to sell, you know, be prepared to sell and stay there. You know, set your prices on everything. I would recommend buying more than one table. I think one table can get lost. I mean, don't you agree? There's, yes. there's so so I would recommend getting two tables, spreading your stuff out. And guess what? Decorate that table. Put something on it that stands out. Maybe something that's a stand or something because, you know, yeah. you, again, they get lost in all the other tables and some big planes block your view. Um and I, again, stack them if you have to. But I would say two tables, two towels, and and a whole bunch of nice bright labels and stuff, easy to see. Uh, but stay there, or have someone else who's going to sit there because I again, I there were chances people lost deals because they just walked away from their table. Um, Friday was tiring. I don't know about you guys, but I was dead on Friday. I was just beat. Um, so if you're going to go, make sure you have enough energy. You sit and take breaks because you're doing a lot of walking. We should know that Friday was a longer day, too, because they opened at 8, 7, 8, and then they closed at 7 p.m. It's a 12-hour day, practically. Yeah. <laughs> Bring your five-hour energy drink. Yeah. Comfortable shoes. Yeah. <laughs> Bring comfortable shoes. And then Fitz already mentioned it. Get there early on Saturday. You know, make the deals. And if you have the time, if you're not traveling far, I would stay, because if you just want free stuff, I mean, there's there were a lot of planes that were just they were beat up, but you needed a part gosh if you just needed a like a hinge or a control horn and you didn't want to pay for one <laughs> they're <laughs> gonna find them on some of these planes you know and mm. there by the way i did i didn't want to stress dumpster diving but i did see a dumpster outside the door and i saw one guy staring at it so i just kind of wondered if people, <laughs> if, if people were throwing stuff away and he was like hmm, do i want to jump in that <laughs> camping out. yeah all right well i'm done with my uh my well, perry follower another thing too i want to say is that um i think pretty much Everybody with maybe one very minor exception was really, really friendly and great to talk to and just a joy to interact with everybody there, uh, both staff, people selling, people buying, just uh, just in general. Everybody's uh, the Brotherhood of Modelers, just really great to interact with. Uh, I thought we were all grumpy show. old dudes. Uh, <laughs> even though grumpy old dudes weren't as grumpy this time. Okay. Okay, now tell me about the drive home. All right, we had some pretty highbrow conversations on the way home, but I just wanted to point out a couple things. 
So the question was, if you had to fight to the death with four-year-olds, how many can you take on at a time? <laughs> Lee is in for 20. <laughs> well, I, 20 at a time. Huh. Well, I just I had some ideas in my head how I could corner them. Well, weren't they armed? Yeah, yeah. But of not course, you're armed, too. I think they were baseball bats and knives. I don't think they had AK-47s or anything like that, right? Right, right. Yeah, so I had an idea of how to corner them. But... Uh, this is a very dark story. <laughs> but then the second one is if you had uh, two animals of equal size and mass, which would win? And then the question was between a lobster and or a crab and a rhino. And Lee picked a crab. And so did you. I did, too. Yep. yep. We had our reasons, but let's just. That was that's another log when you're driving, you just your mind wanders. And we just we actually had we had reasons why we thought a crab would win. So anyway. Uh, yeah. Lee, you might want to check to see if that suburban has an exhaust leak <laughs> coming back into the cabin. <laughs> well, we made it home, so I guess it's not too bad. We didn't end up in uh New Hampshire. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I'm sorry I missed all that. Mostly. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. It was. And and Kirk, thanks for you you said you kind of invited yourself, but I'm I'm glad you you know mentioned it and glad you came along. It was it was uh, more fun with the three of us. I think Fitz and I would probably just uh, been quiet the entire time. Fitz would have been typing, you know, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, again I'll say it, it was a ton of fun. I really enjoyed it. Oh yeah, we enjoyed your company. Thanks, thanks for coming along. We did it all the better. And thanks awesome. for coming here to share your experience. You bet. This is fun. Right. Does that so, mean we're done? I think we're done. I don't think we missed anything of any importance. We came, we saw, and all I got was his T-shirt. <laughs> Literally, you did get a T-shirt. I did, yes. <laughs> it was a very lucrative trip, and it was a lot of fun. Some great stuff, some stuff. I think I spent uh, more money on gas than I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, for I'm, other people who were there, I would be interested to hear their perspectives, especially if they disagree with anything you said. Um, what did you buy? What were the great deals? Um, did you think attendance was up or down? Bubba, anything? Any opinions yeah, you guys have? Love to Facebook. hear from you. When we oh, go, yeah. uh, I, when didn't we... Even, I didn't even mention I only sold two things. Brought several, but I only sold two, so I was a little disappointed in that. So, huh. but that again goes to the fact that I was walking around a lot, so maybe there were some deals to be made, and they just walked mm. away. You didn't take your own advice. I, that, no, I'm saying I learned that now. This is the advice I've learned now that I've attended Perry. I see. Now that you're a salty veteran. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. Almost yeah. forgot real quick, Terry, because you mentioned before the FlexJet people were there. Oh yeah. Flex Innovations, and they had a couple of new products that was really interesting. They had a nice little uh, RV8, I believe, on floats. Yeah. Yep. A smaller one, which is really nice. Yeah. And it can be lit. And they had a new flex jet that's all composite. That was real snazzy. And it can be converted to a turbine. It's a 90 millimeter EDF, but they even sell a turbine conversion kit for it. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, that was a 120 millimeter EDF. No, it was smaller. I think it was 90. Was it? Oh, it looked bigger to me. I'm uh, pretty sure he said it was 90. Okay. Uh, but it was set up for 8S instead of a 6S. Oh, it, yeah, it was probably 90 then. Yeah. Uh, very nice, real shiny, sparkly. The so, same profile so, as the other ones? 
Uh, yeah, so okay, pretty cool. much the same. He said it was mostly the same. It was a slight variation, I think, in the length. Uh, uh, but they they wanted they wanted a composite version that was a little more flexible and power setup, a little faster. Uh, it's been it was. He said it's interesting. He said the original FlexJet was specifically designed not to be all that fast. It's meant to fly slower and have a wider flight envelope, especially at low speeds. Mm-hmm. So this newer one was less optimized for slow speed. It's not really going to fly as slow, but it'll be faster. It was designed to fly faster and be more fun uh, yeah. for high power setups. All right, cool. You sound interested. Yeah, I was kind of interested. Well, I saw the price, but yeah, I was interested. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, I'm sorry to diverge. But anyways, yeah, it was a great trip. We had a lot of fun. Uh, you know, it seemed like the trip back was didn't take as long as it's getting there. Uh, it's amazing. If you're in the area, Perry, Georgia, just south of Atlanta, definitely worth the trip. If you're anywhere in the states nearby, take the trip at least once. Go experience it. You won't be disappointed. Hey, before you close out, you just reminded me of something else that I should have brought up in the middle, but I was watching your video and you guys were interviewing Joshua Finn from, was it J&H Aerospace? You were looking at the the gliders that had the the dethermalizer whole tail. Really aggressive dethermalizer, yeah. Right, while you were talking to him, let me clear my throat, hold on. Okay, sorry. While you were talking to him, um, in front of you were these tiny little pylon racers and like a half scale gentle ladies and birds of time. And my friend Ross Clements, who I fly with at the neat fair works with J and H and he flew some of that stuff. Those little pylon racers are nuts. They're like, I don't know what the wingspan is like 20 inches or something crazy. Yeah, they're tiny. He, he flies them on six S batteries, like six S 250 milliamp hour or something ridiculously small but high voltage and i have no idea how he follows these airplanes in flight they are insanely fast but he is a great pilot and has good eyesight and those little half scale gliders are fun to fly too he let me fly i think it was a gentle lady and he builds all of his stuff he covers it with doculam the clear covering so oh, they're yeah. all skeleton yeah so again i don't know how he sees those but he does a good job flying them. So I, while you guys were interviewing, I kept texting you and trying to message you, hey, ask about this, ask about this. But you didn't get the message. And it turns out Ross was standing there in the booth while you guys were doing that. I didn't even know he was at the show. Mm. And Ross is the same guy that built the Tumblewing that I did the video of a couple of years oh, ago. Really? Yeah, oh. super interesting guy you guys would get along with. Next time. Yeah, that was it. Okay, now I promise you can close this out. <laughs> all right well we got any last things kirk or lee last thoughts i think we nope. covered it all i think and we got it. some all right on that note thanks everybody for joining us on this super special version of the rc roundtable the perry version <laughs> hey did so, you see tyler perry there uh no oh i thought they named it after him no, it'd be an interesting way how they name the town. But anyways, thanks everybody for joining us. Hopefully, uh, the future will bestow upon you a chance to visit the Perry Swap Meet. And in the meantime, we'll see you next time. 
please visit our website at rcroundtable.com, where you can send us comments and suggestions or listen to our other great podcasts, where you will also find links to our iTunes and social media sites. Thanks for listening.